Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 58 of the Spoiler Cast, uh, aka the Scrape Cast. Um, we are eating uh, dumplings here as we pop some warm sake and ring in the new year. Yeah. This is literally the greatest meal I have ever consumed. Yeah, you did a really good job. In a while. You're all very welcome. <clears throat> I do what I can. Yes. I should get this mic closer to me. So yes. I am Dan picking up my uh, table scraps here. And we have Vera. Yes, hello everybody. It's good to be back on the cast of Doom. And we have Tristan. Hold on a sec. I have to achieve my final form by drinking more sake. And Allie. I'm consisting on a liquid diet of wheat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to Perfect. be fair, once Allie gets here, our, like, our, our cast goes up to be about 100% better. <laughs> so Yay. I'm really excited for these next two. Um, I'm sorry I'm never around. It's okay. One thing that was great, though, is that one of our last episodes, we ended up having Tristan's final form, which was re- which was drunken and ranty. And if you haven't listened to that, listen to it. And if you have listened to it, listen to it again, because that is solid gold. Was that the Thor Ragnarok one? <laughs> no. That was no. Vimeo. <laughs> that, was, that was the No Fucks Given podcast. Oh. We haven't put that out anywhere yet. Oh, you no, haven't put haven't. it up out yet? No. Oh, because, then it's a preview. Because because get ready. Well, the Dan's also probably had to, to make some really perfect Christmas presents. Otherwise, yeah. well, things would have been thing, bad. Is that it, may be out, it may be out by the time this episode comes out. We don't know. We don't know. We also, don't know. I think you will appreciate this as a not fan of the New England Patriots, but as a gesture of love, uh, I gave Shayna, who is a big fan of the Patriots, a fitted official Tom Brady uh, ladies jersey. Nice. That was like the big present this year. Is it red? No, no, I got her a blue one. A blue one. I, I got her classic Patriots blue. Um, I got my lady the, the the red. Nice. The red jersey. Was it Brady or Gronk? Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Which one, Brady or Gronk? <laughs> I mean, who are I, you shipping? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, Patriots fans are serious about that. Not just the ladies. It's like, no, I, we're, like the sports we're just excited ball. to have. Yeah. We're just excited to have a winning team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Look, since if I like had to 2001. Go back to being Although by I will say fans. that Edelman, uh, when he was healthy and in the public light, was the dark horse in that shipping situation. Yeah, Ever, like Julian Edelman, a lot of people like uh, hairy, scrappy, small Jewish dudes who, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, he was he was going places. Ah, uh, jit football. But, yeah, such a sport of the masses. Watching <laughs> millionaires give each other brain damage. Yeah. Look, so I'd rather... Be, some oh, of, wait. My, I am unplugged, so I can't oh. even hear Ali's pithy commentary. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. Now it's back. Okay. Now it's back. Yes, no. Um, uh, but in any case, the El Foosball, and congratulations on your Steelers to, for a postseason. Uh, maybe my bills will make it if other people <laughs> lose next this tomorrow or Sunday. If I cared about the sports ball, I would protest... The local sport, sports ball team because racist name is racist. Yeah. 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 Anyway, <sighs> we won't talk much more about sports, even though there are a couple games on our list. But on today's podcast, what we are going to talk about is something that we always look forward to every year when we do this podcast. It's not really spoiler well, this stuff. This year was kind of shite, but. Uh... <laughs> well, the year itself was shite, but I've got to say, 2017 for gaming. Well, here. So, as an American, yeah. 2017 was absolute shit. Yeah. Um, as a yeah. gamer, there was a lot of shit in 2017. Uh, there <laughs> but was, sh- but but I also want to say that I think 
We're on a we're on a good trend. Well, 2017 honestly was probably one of the top five best years ever for gaming. Like when you, it, it's it's pretty insane how much good stuff came out this year. And I will also and some, well, sorry. And one really really bad thing, which we have not touched upon, as a podcast, um, which is a shame because the gaming news outlets have been loving it, and that is of course Battlefront Two. Oh, yeah. And everything going on with loot boxes. Yeah, no, that's a that's been an unfortunate trend in the gaming world. Uh, but it's ending. It is coming to a fucking end, and I am so happy. Wait, loot boxes are over? No, they're not. No, they will be. So let's I, hold I that. hope let's so. Let's hold that conversation because we have a category yeah. for that. Yeah. So this year we we formalized the format a little bit. Nice, we, nice. We, we added categories. Vera, thank you so much for submitting your picks, by the Sorry, way. Sorry, I was going to begin uh, here oh, I earlier. Need to refresh the Google the Google Doc to look at it and judge yeah. it. So we're gonna go through our categories. I have them listed out in the order I wanna cover them in. I'll bring up everybody's game so Tristan and Barry you don't have to sit here and stare mm-hmm. at the screen or Sweet, love wrap you. your heads love around you. here. But um, and Patrick, who can't join us on today's podcast, did submit his picks, so we'll cover that mm-hmm. as well. Fuck yeah, but Patrick. You always look forward to this. Um, game of the year discussions, exciting. Um, Exciting time. Uh, lots of good stuff to talk about. Probably lots of different differentiate or dif- different opinions, I should say, on things. Um, without further ado, let's get started. Woo! Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, and by the way, this is the spoiler cast, so we may or may not spoil things for people and some stuff, like favorite moments, but mm. we'll get there when we get there. Just as a note, there's a possibility that pretty much any game that's come out this year could be spoiled to some degree, and I think we'll do our right. best to call that out as we as we go. Definitely. We'll call <clears> the shot out. Also, even though it's just like just we're going our best of games this year, I'll also have to say that like in terms of movies, this has been an amazing yeah. year for movies. I saw the movie where that lady fucked the fish, and it was real good. I haven't even seen that yet, and I'm wait, saying it's a great year for movies. Wait. Is that The Shape of Water? Yes, The Shape yes. of Water. Oh, okay. She like, <laughs> fucks the fish, man, and it's real, real good. I yeah, spoilers. Meanwhile, baby. I'm over here stewing in my Lovecraftian angst. <laughs> Dude, ask the girl. There's out, a movie man. now about a man, about a girl fucking a deep one. Oh God, that's how it gets started. Marsh warned us. He tried to tell us about the deep ones. I mean, you're in. He Fall tried Ri- to tell us about the deep in ones. Fall River. If you wanted to have like a lady with deep one blood, you could just go downtown. <laughs> So, so fun fact. <laughs> this is a reference to H.P. Lovecraft setting that stuff and having fish people there. It's not no, against no, no, any no, no, ethnic group. No, no, I want to make that clear. No, no, it's not Fall River. Um, Innsmouth, the town of Innsmouth, is, is it actually Fall River. It is not Fall River. It is New Bedford. <laughs> oh, New, New Bedford, Bedford is Innsmouth. Get yourself on down there, man. Man, I miss. <laughs> no, no, I don't. That's the whole point. <laughs> Massachusetts misses you too, Allie. Massachusetts misses you too. Wow, Massachusetts. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just going to say Massachusetts misses you, and then I realized you still live in Massachusetts, <laughs> just two, two hours away from, from our Massachusetts. Yeah. Anyway. It's true. Um, so get, we're going to get things started on a light note, and I thought, what better way to ring in 2017 by moving back to the past a little bit and kind of leading up? So the first category we have is best old game. Um, now, looking at the submissions, everybody submitted correctly <laughs> basically we're looking for any game that um either came out last year or any year prior was remastered whatever it is that you've been playing a lot of this year um and what that one is and why so um so ali you picked okami 
which Yay. was re-released for the 17th time. Basically. Yep. Uh, so why don't you And talk I'm a playing bit? it yeah. currently for the eighth time. <laughs> yeah, while on the podcast, so if things get super boring, she you can gotta turn get all to those stray beads. What was that, Tris? You gonna get all those stray beads? Uh, I was. I have like thirty something right now. So yes, oh. the answer is yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because so, fun fact, guys: this all the stra- the stray beads are scattered all throughout the game. And the reward for getting them all is a super overpowered weapon that makes you even more overpowered than you already are by the end of the game. Yes. To be fair, just to give you an idea of how old Okami is, when I was in college and I and Ali was in college, I just saw Ali playing this game. Where maybe yeah, it was Okami a, came out when uh, we were in college. It was, and that was for PS2. I was just seeing everybody. I don't even know. I was just seeing everyone was playing it in G2, the Gamer Hall in Hampshire. I just remember. I never played Okami, but I saw a lot of people play Okami. You should oh, play it now. Great. It's on like it everything. Yeah, it's on every console ever. By the way, Except can we just quickly, quickly call out Tristan's sad face when he re- realized that he ran out of sake? <laughs> Tristan, Aww. the night is very clear, and I'm handing you the second beaker go. of sake. Uh, no, it's okay. I have more sake now. Um, so that's what you picked. Um, Tristan, looks like you were looking at Full Throttle Remastered. Yes. So... I took that to mean an old game that had been re-released this yep, year. Yep. So but that was okay. That works. I mean, mine was technically yeah, that. that works. It's the same right. thing. It works. Yeah, yeah, same idea. Same idea. Yeah, it works. Um, my stance on it was that I absolutely love the LucasArts Adventure games, uh, which is why I've been doing so many of them for the YouTube channel. Like, those are the games I grew up with. And having one remastered, especially a, an oddball one, because... Full Throttle is really an oddball in terms of LucasArts Adventure games. Uh, coming back was a wonderful, wonderful excuse to dive back into them. Mm-hmm. All. Yep. Um, and I still, up... It is also still as buggy as the original game, <clears throat> which you will see if you watch the play. Okay, so for Full Throttle, there's one section. Hmm. There's one section of the game where you have to engage in a series of fights while on motorcycle. And back in the day, that section was buggy as shit. It is still as buggy today with the remastered. And actually, if you watch us play it on the channel, you will see where the game crashes on me in the middle of it. And I have to revert back to a save and go through that whole section all over again. Oh, that's Yikes. brutal! Absolutely brutal. We've been playing a lot of those, and I think you've been picking up a lot of the old LucasArts adventure games that have been remastered lately by the Double Fine folks. So, so they're remastering all the ones that Tim Schafer works on okay. because he has like some legal right to them now gotcha. that LucasArts is gone. Um, which has been primarily Day of the Tentacle and Full Throttle. Gotcha. Are the two big ones you worked on? What about Grim Fandango? Didn't he also work on that? Uh, he that he... re-release came out like in 2015. Yeah, that came out ages ago. Fair enough. That came out ages ago, which why we're, it's not on the list. But I believe he did also work on Grim Fandango. Um, he did. He was the one. He's the reason why that game has tank controls. Yeah. Oh, oh right. Oh right. <laughs> um, Long live tank controls. Oh my god! Oh, glorious tank controls. I hate tank controls so much. Um, I just wish we got more LucasArts remasters. Like, we'll probably never see a Sam and Max remastered, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you always have the original Telltale ones they just wore. Not the original, but the... the no, ori the we, original have, we will always have the original. Sam and Max hit the road with art by Steve Purcell, who is the guy who did the comics and who teamed up with LucasArts to make the adventure game. The Telltale game series are a poor imitation <laughs> because they are not done with the original art style. Tell us how you really feel, Tristan. Tell uh, us how you really feel. <clears throat> I've been playing a bunch of Overwatch, and I'm surprised, Allie, that you didn't pick Overwatch because I, I know you're still playing a lot it's of that It's not stuff. a 2017 game. It's a 2016 game. Right. That's why I said it's the best old game. Uh, no, it's not old. Ah. So, I mean, in terms of old games that I've, like, been playing and such, uh, that I had the most fun with, I mean, it's still gonna, it's probably a tie between, with both the series that, like, Tristan and I were doing on, on Vimeo before, uh, when it was basically Ace Attorney, which is, like, being introduced to something I'd never played before, and then just going through StarCraft 2, which continues to be just, like, a great, wonderful mm -hmm. game. Um, it's just, like, it's a swan song of basically... The StarCraft 2 is pretty much a swan song of what made Blizzard great. Um, and it was... It basically, it, by swan song, I mean, like, I don't think Blizzard's ever going to make a game like the original StarCraft or WarCraft or Diablo, or Diablo again. I think that they're now more, far more into multiplayer... You mean before the dark times? Before the Activision? Yes. And, I mean, it, you know, it's fair. I mean, Overwatch is a great flipping game, even though it gave us loot boxes... It's still a wonderful game, and I look forward to watching an Overwatch movie in theaters and loving it, but it's not the same nerdy, shit-ton of lore, little <laughs> Easter eggs, really tight single-player campaign situation that you were getting with Diablo 1, Diablo 2, Warcraft 3, Warcraft 2, StarCraft, and StarCraft 2. And I Basically think, every craft. Yes, every <laughs> craft except for the world of the Warcraft, which yeah. is... Uh, um, but yeah, and, but yeah, so I guess... Whenever I get to play StarCraft 2 again, it's just like, wow, this is beautiful. And I like that they that even when Blizzard was, you know, a different company, they decide we're get, they decide let's have Chris Metzen do the swan song of a game. Mm -hmm. And um, it was made free this year. It's yep. free? You can yeah. play for StarCraft first, 2 for, for free. the first campaign and yep. the multiplayer. Yep. Oh, good on you, Blizzard. <laughs> I can't ever truly hate you. Now, fun <laughs> fact. Fun fact. Blizzard also announced earlier this year that they are bringing back vanilla WoW servers. Yeah. Really? So WoW, but World of Warcraft, before they added all of the expansions and all of the minigames and all of the pet bullshit and all that, <coughs> the World of Warcraft we started with in college is coming back. Gosh, everything, <laughs> is, uh, everything old is new again. Yep. Uh, there are a bunch of people at work who are like, oh my god, when these start up, we need to get back in and start a clan. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know about that. You know what? I have two pieces of advice for you. Don't don't smoke crack. Don't do the video game equivalent of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered how my brother had a Blizzard account and somehow got my mom's card and oh, told no. tell her that he was paying for World of Warcraft ooh. for several months. Isn't it $15 a month or something? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is is that, like, 
now when you think of like you know the the subscriptions to to Warcraft and MMOs, it's like it just seems so charming with yeah. like it seems so charming and innocent. Because it's like oh, they're extracting fifteen bucks a month from you, uh, which works out if you're like a whale and doing the whole thing. Like what? Uh, 50, like that's it, that works out to be fifty. I don't want to think about how much money I spent on Overwatch loot boxes. I don't want to think about how much money I spent on Overwatch yeah, loot boxes. I, I, I will. Yeah. Say. I have not spent a penny on loot boxes. However, I don't want to think about how much money we spend on streaming services in my house. Yeah. Yeah. Also that. Also, also that. fun fact: those prices are likely to go up because hey, net neutrality, neutrality is dead. Up. Net, net neutrality is dead. Let's all move to Australia. Price of Netflix already went up. Yeah, but that uh, one, I think I don't know if it was related or not, but they already raised like ten ninety nine. It's not a huge increase. Not a huge increase. Um, you know, it's all, although another interesting thing in terms of like the whole streaming stuff is is that uh, I'm now paying for the HBO now in like my fa- in my family circle. <laughs> Like I mean, I still get my folks Netflix, but I they canceled HBO before uh, after um, what's it? They canceled HBO after Game of Thrones was off off the air, and when it was on the air, I of course got me some HBO to watch Game of Thrones. I was like, right, ah, uh, I like- I want to see some fantasy titties. I will pay for this. Exactly. It's like, and you know what? I like watching HBO in general. So like, I will keep the subscription service around. And parents, you can tell. So I know. I feel like at the age of 29, I'm in an important step. <laughs> yeah. So so I am paying for the household's Hulu service. Nice. Um, I'm also paying for my own personal Crunchyroll service. Nice. Which has always been a good investment. Yeah. The folks are paying for Netflix. Sponsored by Crunchyroll. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Use the, code, use the code 3HB at checkout to get... It may not work, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, so speaking of crushy roll, so one of my life goals has become. Oh, oh dear! Oh Wait no. Oh, no! 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 Give me, no, no, give me no, some no, of that no. sake, Tristan. Yeah, right, <laughs> before we do, before no, whatever no. this is happens. So, so dun, one of my dun, life dun. goals recently has turned into. You know what? I want to move back to the Hampshire Valley, and I want to open a manga cafe. Not bad, actually. Oh, no, manga cafe. That's actually you know, not then a bad I can, idea. Then I can have my whole collection of manga out. I can talk manga with people. I can make. I can cook stuff for people. I can do like, su- like you know, no raw fish sushi rolls for folks. This is actually not the worst idea I've heard at all. Not the worst idea. This is actually um, fine. Jason, you got me all set up. For <laughs> but I've been thinking. I've been thinking. How can I earn money to get this off the ground? I've been thinking. Well, I could kickstart it. I could get a small business loan from a bank. And I'm like, you know what? If I had a bunch of iPads hooked up to Crunchyroll, I could also offer time on those with headphones for folks who want to come in and watch stuff. And maybe poor college students who can't necessarily afford a monthly Netflix subscription on their own. Or a Crunchyroll subscription on their own. And I'm thinking, maybe I should reach out to Crunchyroll and see if they'll be willing to sponsor me. Even if it only goes as far as free memberships for all the devices I would have in the store. Hmm. Hey, Crunchyroll, if you're listening, I got an idea. Quite possible. You want to get a chef on board? Mm. Oh, I need. Oh, we need to get someone else. I oh, need to get someone else to split the workload between me and them. Um, I'd also have to find a location. Amherst would be the place to do it. East Hampton, baby. That's where a lot of the cheap stuff is. Well, the problem with East Hampton though is that nobody bosses, goes to East Hampton. Nobody goes to East for Hampton. Farmers. 
Except for farmers. Back in the day, now it's like tripping uh, uh, the hip and trendy. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, I really see... weird to think about. Yeah. Oh right? my gosh, it's so well, hip and trendy. Because the main buses from the four, five colleges don't go to East Hampton. Oh, uh, that's true. And my primary thing would be college students. So I would be, I would be thinking Amherst, because that way I would get UMass and Amherst College, plus people from Hampshire and Smith and Mount Holyoke. I would also, of course, give a discount to anyone in the Hampshire Asian Media Club. This is also fair. All right. Oh my God, that club is doing so well. Do you? Do you All hail Cat Keldell. Oh, no, have you heard... So, the club I was a signer for, back at Hampshire, have you heard that they have... That Excalibur is basically dead? Oh, yeah, I know. It's not good. It's not good. I have to... We're gonna literally have to kickstart my heart, Death Fest. It's yeah. It's not the best thing. Yeah. Uh, Alumni-led Death Fest. No. That's, that's something that needs to happen. It will happen. But, Dan... But is, is there another category? <laughs> tangents. Video game. No, no, I love tangents. Don't get me wrong, but Suck I didn't want to hijack your entire oh. cast. This cast oh. was already going to be four hours long. Now it's going to be five hours long. I'm sorry, Dancy. Hey, I'm over here still drinking sake. I'm good. Ow. Oh, my it's, lord. You have you've taken a dent in both bottles, <laughs> yeah. my friend. Yeah, as uh. evidenced by the puddle underneath. underneath oh wait, your what was what puddle? Before you go though, what let was? Me, let me soak it up. What was uh? <laughs> what was uh, Pat's uh, thing for old best Pat, old game? Pat picked Dead by Daylight, which I think was kind of what I did, where he mm-hmm. picked like a game that came out I think like last year or something mm-hmm. as his. But had a new release. Yeah. This year. Mm-hmm. Oh, it did okay. But I, I honestly, I would love to speak to it, but I, I cannot. Cool. Well, well I've seen enough Dead by Daylight to know. All right. Well, here have any of you. Any of you seen or played the Friday the Thirteenth game? Mm-mm. I have. Well, I have seen the th- played the Friday the Thirteenth game. Shayna got it. She's a hu- because she's a mm-hmm. huge Friday the Thirteenth fan. So Dead by Daylight is sort of that, but with a ton of different psychopaths to hunt down the survivors. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Did you Same like idea though. You've got a team of. Uh, is girls. there like a most ambitious but biggest letdown category there? Yes. We call it most disappointing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right there, baby. <laughs> we'll get there then. All right. Um, so the next item on the list is biggest surprise. Game that came out that was the biggest surprise mm-hmm. to you, Tristan. So for me, I picked Near Automata for that. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. So, so the Near, so Near, it was kind of Near was kind of a spinoff of the Bracken Guard series. Yeah, but didn't there was wasn't there an original Nier? Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Nier was okay. a spinoff of Drakengard. So here's the thing: is that Drakengard has always had a history of multiple endings. Nier is based off of one of the possible endings, and I think Drakengard two <clears throat> from like ages ago. And the director of all these games is Yoko Taro. That's his name. And like Daft Punk, he never shows his face in public. He always has a mask on. Nier Automata was shaping up <coughs> Excuse me. Too many dumplings. Too many dumplings, too much sake. I love this. It's great. Yeah, this is this is happy, Tristan. Um Nier Automata was shaping up to be another <coughs> weird like indie title that probably no one would buy. But they got Platinum Games on board to help design the combat. And they got Square Enix to help publish it. Mm-hmm. 
so it was this game that should never have succeeded, but took off immensely and is well worth its praise because it's a great game. Yeah. So I was going to say, is the biggest surprise to you then that it was successful, that it was exceeded your expectations, or both? That it... So, my experience with Yoko Taro is that his stuff has always been weird and very deep. It sounds kind of like Hideo. He, he's kind of like Hideo. Yeah. Um, except more open about his perversions, which I'll get to. Get, oh no! I'll sorry. get to. Allie, I'll get to. No, 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 no! I'll get to that says. when we talk oh. best waifu. When we talk best waifu, I will get to to to, to Tara. I'm still wrapping my head around Kojima being a closet pervert. <laughs> like, I remember watching X play in college, and they were like, just like, like, oh, and then there's this like Easter egg where you look up, and there's a like a pinup lady. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but why is it added a Metal Gear game? Um, so I would say the biggest surprise was that it was as successful and was bought by so many people as it was. Mm-hmm. Because I was expecting this game to be a sleeper hit. Like, that it was going to be really good, but then, like, no one would buy it. Because it's a sequel to a really old franchise that was a spinoff of another franchise... That had a very niche following to begin with. But no, Nier Automata came out. People bought it. People loved it. It was great. And we got so many beautiful cosplayers cosplaying as 2B. But I will talk I mean, about that when really we get to Does it really surprise you when everybody wants to fuck robots? All right, I'm just children. saying. What about you, Dan? <laughs> you hear Allie? Oh, shoot. I also, I, <laughs> um, I also have not heard Allie. Hold on. Allie. Can yes. I, I, oh, Hold yes, on. yes, I can hear you. Did everybody unplug their headphones? <laughs> Did everyone's headphones get hey, unplugged? Hey, Tristan, you know, I'm liking my decision of having my uh, <laughs> 3.5 millimeter cable attached to my headphones now. Hey, Allie, are you, are you there? Oh, I'm sorry, Allie. So, Allie. Continue, well, Allie. Say yeah, again. continue, Allie. Oh, sorry. I was just saying Nier Automata's uh, popularity doesn't surprise me because everybody wants to fuck a robot. <laughs> right? I don't actually. I just right? don't actually get that at all. I have no desire to penetrate a robot. You've not seen two B. Yeah, but I it's mean, still a robot. Or even inside. any of the operators. It's just robots in general. Or even any of the operators. Let's be honest. Like who? Two B's operators. She's so adorable. She's so girl thirsty. It's adorable. All right, Ali. I really want to get to your pick because when we get down to. Um, Games you wished you played, which is another category. This is one that I'm really, really bummed out about that I haven't oh, played. Oh, it's so good, Dan. It's so good. Okay, so my pick was Night in the Woods, which a friend of mine told me about. Yeah. I, I somehow missed any sort of announcement for it, and I haven't finished it yet. Because the thing that really surprised me about this game is how, how much it speaks to me as somebody in their like mid to late 20s. Yeah, and that's... It's, it's hard to play. You have to be like in the right kind of headspace to play it because it's really good, but it really speaks to a lot of the difficulties and issues I've come across post-college. And like the main character is somebody who drops out of college, but a lot of these same things apply to someone, you know, I'm coming back to my small town community and 
how do I move on with my life being this weird disappointment or rather being not what I thought I would be because of college. Yeah. And about how friendships change or don't change. Yeah. And what that means. Holy fuck. Yeah, I'm I want to play this game. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Also, you wow. follow the guy who made it on Twitter cuz he's got some good points and hot takes. Yeah. I mean, this sounds wow, like we went from adorable robot waifus to actually <laughs> deep conversation. <laughs> yeah. Is this um is this a crier or is it just really like hard? It's a, I've had a few couple close to crier moments. Yeah. Shit. I want to play this game even it's more. It's really now. good, Dan. I heard your also, everybody is cute animals, so what's not to love? Of course. <laughs> love it. Hell yeah. Um, love it. Patrick picked Star Trek Bridge Crew, which I've never also never heard of. It's a mobile game. Okay. My friend's well, been playing no, that no, a lot. No, no, no. Bridge Crew is the VR title. Oh, uh, right. I'm thinking of a, the other one. Right. Oh my god, I can so, picture Patrick in like a room spinning around. Love you, Patrick. Spinning <laughs> around like a chair. Like with his VR headset on, like Mr. Silla, take us to war. Yeah, Wait, I, are, are you serious? I could actually be do a VR Star Trek game because that so, does sound ideal. Because that really is what Star Trek is selling in terms of the fantasy. So you're in a room with people trying to solve a problem. So Star Trek, so Bridge Crew, uh, is I think it's four players. I could be wrong. We have one person who's the captain, one person who's uh, engines or helm. One person who's weapons, and another who's, I believe, science officer. And you have a set of missions, but each person is in charge of their console. Whoa. So it's stuff like, like picking out a destination and going to warp and raising shields and working with engineering. And so each person wow. has their role to play. And it is, it is very rooted in the original series um, sort of aesthetic, at least what I've seen of it. That's really cool. <clears throat> And my pick for biggest surprise was Persona 5. Well, that's because Dan's not a Persona right. fan. So, <clears throat> would you say but... it's your last surprise? <laughs> oh! oh! Did you? Would you say you never saw it coming? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> so, Shots fired. Um, yeah, biggest surprise. Like this was meant to be interpreted however you wanted to interpret it but for me it was more of a big surprise for me because i wasn't expecting to like my my criteria for did i enjoy this game isn't like metrics it's did i play a lot of it and if i played a lot of it then i clearly liked it yeah and i think in a different mental state it might be difficult for me to admit i i don't know if it's admit the right word but like convince myself that i had so much fun playing a game like persona 5 <laughs> i really seriously did not like when i played a persona 4 and I didn't play very much of it. I yeah. still don't know, like, having played through almost all of Persona 5, that I'd want to go back to Persona 4. Yeah. Well, like I said, like I said, Persona 4, you have to be really invested with, yeah. these characters are going to be my friends and my good pals for the next, like, 120 hours. Yeah. But I put in easily 100 hours in Persona 5. It is a turn-based RPG, which I don't always love. It re remained... Refre not, I don't know if refreshing is the right word, but fun to play and addictive the entire time. I really enjoyed the characters, the style. We'll get into the music later. Um, <clears throat> the look, the feel. Like, it was just a complete package, and I was like blown away, and I wasn't expecting to like the game. I bought it on a whim because I knew you guys wanted to talk about it. So that was my biggest surprise. For so sure. my this favorite year. moment with Persona 5, because I know favorite moment is a category, but I don't pay for the you five. Um, 
So a guy at work just started recently playing it, and he's going through the first dungeon. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Wow, this is really hard. Like, there's some fights where I can, you know, ace it easily, but these, there are these other guys who just like wipe me out." And I and another guy I work with gave him the same advice. We both independently of each other told him, "Oh, have have you tried getting good?" <laughs> Have you tried getting good? Because that's kind of crucial to this game. Wow. <laughs> and oh, we yeah. were talking later, I'm like, yeah, I gave him the same <laughs> advice. I'm like, yes! Thank you! Uh, Allie, I am la- I am laughing at your... Because we're talking a little bit about favorite moments. I'm laughing at what you changed your favorite moment to. I also <laughs> agree that it's amazing, and we'll get there in a second. <laughs> you don't know yet, Tristan, but it's it's amazing. Um, I really, I, I had to, I, it encapsulates a lot about how I feel about that game, which yeah. when we get to that section, I'll extrapolate yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Bear, you may only be hearing Allie through one side like I am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh no. Yeah, I know. That's I okay. want I surround just, sound. It might it's, just be. I, it's, it's just, I think it's the splitter. It's just Discord, maybe in the splitter. Let me yeah. surround you with my sound. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Best story. Um. So I'll get started with this one, and then I'll pass it off. So, actually, you know what? Let's flip to Tristan first, and just kind of keep along the Persona Five train, because you picked Persona Five for best story. Yep. So, oh wait, for biggest surprise? Oh, sorry. I oh did, yeah, yeah, I'm an asshole. No, it's fine. Wow, <laughs> damn, Colin. So I didn't play it, but something that was incredibly surprising to me was I was expecting to want to play it, and then it pretty much became a running joke. Um, but. I was surprised that Mass Effect Andromeda crashed, burned, bombed, and became a punchline. I didn't. I wasn't surprised. I forgot I, that game came out. Yeah, well, I saw it. Yeah, but it's like Mass Effect is huge. It's one of like the biggest, most beloved series. I was um, like, oh yeah, people get to revisit Mass Effect. Hashtag fuck EA. <laughs> hashtag fuck EA up the ass. Hashtag fuck EA up the ass. The wrong way with a Alright, Tristan. Okay, how because do you he, have yikes. anal sex the wrong way? That's so, my question. So, no, no, no. So, so you <laughs> take a r- I don't So you take a r- right? Oh, and you know how wait. it's it's no! very long. No! Tristan, Tristan. The rotated Tristan. sideways Tristan. and just I'm, I'm, I honestly might bleep that out. Dan, yes, please. Dan, edit this out if you're listening when you're editing this. Please, right. for the love of God. Just All like right. put... Oh, you know what you should do? You should put, like, fucking, uh... No, no. EA murdered fucking Mass Effect, and they murdered a studio this year. That was, that was, uh, that was really awful. That was bad. The visceral stuff. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Story time. Story time, Tristan. Let's, let's kick with, yeah. uh, Persona 5. So, I had to pick between a lot of things. I was really conflicted on which one should go here i will be honest my goal was setting out was i wanted to (laughs) this is me drinking a lot of hot sake and then drinking cold seltzer water and now i have the goddamn hiccups everybody (laughs) all the more enjoyable Um, it's it's your karma for whatever you just said about rakes and assholes (laughs) so continue um so i had i decided i had to put persona 5 Somewhere, and there were a lot of places I could put it, but I was trying to stick like up your to... butt, right? <laughs> Just shove a whole video game up your butt because you love it so much. <laughs> I just want it to be a part of me forever. Okay, um, 
<laughs> Don't bleep that out, Dan. No, I will not. If you bleep that out, I'll quit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, I, I sat down and I was like, so I was thinking to myself, okay. Out of all the games I've played this year, if I'm only going to put one game per category, or only have a game nominated for one category at a time, what do I want to do with Persona 5? And I was thinking about the mix and other things I had up. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'll put Persona 5 for best story because it had the most in-depth story of any game I've played this year. In terms of like the number of characters, how far you can go into each character's backstory, the overall storyline of all of them. And while there were some other contenders for this point, I wanted to make sure that I had Persona 5 on my list somewhere. <clears throat> See, what I did, Tristan, was I was honest with myself, and then I put those games at the, at the bottom of the list under honorable mention. Anywho. <laughs> but Persona 5, it's, it's, an hour, it's a story that's like 130 hours in the telling. Yeah. And it does some really, really important themes, especially this year, when... When you're looking at like all this stuff between, say, the older generation, aka the baby boomers and millennials, and all the shit we get for stuff that isn't our fault, you mean how they ruined everything? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, it wasn't our generation that brought us into I don't know how many now four unnecessary wars. All right, Tristan. Because I'm counting Desert Storm. Bring it back. Bring it. Back. I'm counting Desert Storm, you motherfucker. No, Bring no, it back. I'm with you. Video games. <laughs> But it was also the story that I spent the most time with mm -hmm. and the most time engaging with. That's why I picked it. And, and oh. to me, that doesn't... I'm going to contradict you again. To me, that doesn't necessarily mean it was the best story. It just means the one I spent the most time with. Mm. Um, you know. And what was the story you spent the most time with this year? I actually... It's not the one I picked, unfortunately. Oh. So what did you pick? Well, I want to I want to pass to you first, Bear, because myself, Ali, and Patrick all picked the same game for this. All game. Persona 5. Nope. Different no. game. Oh, no. Interesting. That's, well, for uh, me, as you all know, uh, I do not I do not play nearly as many video games as I should, especially current up-to-date video games. However, uh, oh, right, I'm going to put this in. I want Ali's <laughs> beautiful voice in my ear. <laughs> Ali, we keep having headphone <laughs> jack difficulties. What were you going to say about Persona? What were you going to say about Persona? No, no, no. This was actually not Persona. No, no. Ali was going to say something. Sorry. Sorry, Ali. No, I was just going to say it's fine. Maybe I don't want Barra to hear me talk. Oh, oh, the pain. Let me go get another bottle of sake to wash. That is already out of your ear, I think. Oh, no, it's, it's in. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so, but the, the game I'm currently playing now, and I'm loving it for a variety of reasons, um, but one of the reasons is the story, because in many ways, it's the story we need now in 2017. Oh, uh, Wolfenstein, the new Colossus. My gosh, is really good. It's a good story. Uh, I mean, it's Bethesda, and not only is it Bethesda, but it's it's interesting. Uh, well, you also get this in the Dishonored series too, where you get like Bethesda in a focused, non-sandboxy mm -hmm. game. Although, since it's a Bethesda game, there's all these little sandboxy elements that you can pick in your linear, old-style shooter levels. But uh, no, the storyline is great. It's it's intense. It pretty much goes there from the very beginning. Um, <laughs> like it's like, uh, it's like, oh yeah, you want it, you want, you want dark, you want that, you want messed up, you want to remind people why we hate Nazis. Let's go, let's yeah. go. 
Um, so, so I will say the Wolfenstein is, I don't believe, anywhere on my list, um, but for a very specific reason. And the reason is I don't think New Order or uh, New Colossus is as good as New Order. But we'll get to that. Fair. Um, and this, I've, although I've seen all the cutscenes and stuff from New Order, um, I've actually, New Colossus is the only one I've actually played. Uh, but Colossus is just has some great stuff. I also appreciated that, you know, in all the other previous games, uh, BJ Blazkowicz is, uh, you know, like, is canon Jewish. And in New Order, he met... It's that's not really clear, and then in New Colossus they make very clear that he is of Jewish extraction. Oh and yeah, you also and his mom was great, and his dad <coughs> is an evil piece of shit. Oh yeah, uh, like like serious, like pretty much like on the like uh, yeah. It's uh, oh I mean, we're, yeah. We're the spoiler cast, right? Yeah. Um, in the beginning, spoilers. Yeah, you have a memory of your dad to toughen you up, making you kill your dog. Yeah. <laughs> It gets worse. Oh, it gets worse. It, it gets, gets so, so much, much worse. worse. Uh, like yeah. you think, you think killing a dog is bad. You think giving the old yellow treatment to a dog who doesn't deserve it is bad. No, no, it gets worse. It gets worse. No, no, no. no. Dad is awful. Um, and yeah, but the other, the nice, inspiring thing about the whole stuff is, is that your whole like crew and group of people and everything is this wonderful multinational multi-ethnic coalition of people who just want who love each other and want to kill the nazis don't forget you basically had jimmy hendrix as part of your party in the first game this is also true um yeah Yeah. no you you there is a level in new colossus where you're at the top of the empire state building which is hard as balls oh my god that's that level i lowered the difficulty for i haven't lowered the difficulty yet but it was it is a bitch you you basically are on top of the empire state building which is the only place in nuked new york city which isn't full of uh, full of lethal radiation and you pretty much have to hold off invading nazi cops as the black panthers escape in a helicopter yeah <laughs> so, so what i'll say about wolfenstein the new order is that it is the game we needed this year it is so necessary it is so necessary for this year but the reason it isn't on my list is because like i said i don't feel it is as a game in terms of mechanics and stuff like that and plot and everything like that i don't feel it is as solid as the new order what? which is a shame but for anyone listening because i'm not bringing up wolf aside does not mean that it is not a fantastic game and you should totally play it and buy it give bethesda money so they keep on making single player games like this we want back a hitler also also <laughs> don't fuck the nazis don't fuck the nazis because then there's a chance they might make more nazis no 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 just kill them all Kill them all. Kill them all. Also, uh, you get to do hatchet, hatchet kills with this. Like a yeah. big mechanic in this game is you have a tomahawk. You have multiple tomahawks. The first actually. game had a had a stealth situation like that too. Yeah. No, but it is um, sweet. Uh, but yeah, no. So that's my story. Uh, <laughs> New Year's resolutions at the start of 2016. <laughs> <laughs> New Year's resolutions at the end of 2016. Would you like a new headphone with without the unpluggable? Is that possible? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Can you grab mine? I think it's on the top of my thank backpack. Thank you. Thank or, you, beautiful. Tech issues about... Wait, wait. No, no. I hear her. Yeah. No, no. I hear her clearly now. Right, but let's yeah, show her. I'm Okay. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, no, no. That's why, like, you plug these into the other side. I usually have that cable plugged into this headset. Okay. And this cable me, plugged Ali? into that headset. Yes. I request during any time Dan has to edit around the technical difficulties, you just put in elevator music. <laughs> <laughs> great. Right. But yeah, no, in conclusion, though, yeah. Wolf Aside, great. Play it. I'll probably add it into a number of other categories. Yeah, but uh, 
What was the game that everybody else picked well, for story? I was I was feeling that Wolfenstein was underrepresented here. So yes. thank you. Excellent. Um, I'll be overrepresenting it. And I will say that I am playing through New Order, and if it wasn't for that, I would have gotten to New Colossus, and thereby I may have selected it as well for my best story. All right. Unfortunately, All right. I didn't play it. New Year's resolutions at the end of 2016. I don't know. I'll go to the gym more. I'll lose 20 pounds. Sure. New Year's resolutions at the end of 2017. A hundred Nazi scalps. (laughs) No, no. A hundred Nazi scalps. No, 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 no. You have to say it with the Aldo Rain inflection. One hundred Nazi scalps! (laughs) (laughs) But the game that... And and it's funny for me to put this here, and I'll pass it off to Allie pretty much immediately because I do buy more experience than I do, is Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm. Ooh, yeah, Which, that's probably a game. Well, it might make the game I wanted to play this year pretty high. That was the game I most wanted to play this year. The robot hunting game, beep boop. <laughs> I want to hunt some robot dinosaurs. Robot dinosaur. I need, I need to get I need to get the head of a robotic velociraptor up above my fireplace to show all my friends down at the truck stop. <laughs> That I killed that mother with a shotgun in a fair and sporting environment. <laughs> Ellie. To be to be fair, there are enemies in that game that are kind of like Velociraptors, and they're the chicken ones, and the chicken ones are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I hate long legs so much. Yeah. They are I'd annoying. rather fight anything else than a fucking long leg. So, <laughs> Allie, help me articulate why I picked this as the best story. <clears throat> I can't read your mind. Jesus. <laughs> Shut down. Well, so I, I didn't play f- as far as you do, I some I feel. I mean, Oh, you... yeah, I, plat- I platinum that shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> so why don't you talk all about it then? Um, Jeez, well, the thing, I love, like, post-apocalyptic, like, dystopian kind of stories. Mm-hmm. And it's actually one of the reasons why I like this game a lot is part of why I like The Last of Us a lot is it has all these elements of the world taking itself back like mother Mm -hmm. nature taking control over things and this game to the extreme has that but then you also have this added element of even though the earth is reforming itself it's been like in almost kind of incomprehensibly changed because of man's creations being these robot dinosaurs (laughs) and like I, I've definitely seen some cases where people argue it's maybe not the best story because it's kind of typical in some ways because, yes, obviously the reason why the world is like this is because humans did this. Right. Right. But the way in which it happened I thought was really unique and interesting because there are parts of the game in the story where you get to hear direct conversations that talk about this, including a conversation at the end of the game where... Okay, spoiler. We're going into spoiler territory. Basically... Are you guys ready? Yes. Go ahead. Okay, everybody who doesn't want to hear this shit, skip like the next couple minutes. Basically, the reason why the world is populated by dinosaurs is this military company has these robots, like these war machines that feed off of like organic material. And there's one like, it's like an audio news clip or like a news clipping about how a swarm of them just like eats an entire pod of dolphins off like the coast of Africa or something. Dolphins? Yeah. So like the world is just basically literally being eaten alive by these dinos like by these robots. And they're pop then they're they're able to like basically reproduce by themselves in these giant factories called the um Oh, that's yeah. always a bad idea. Yeah, oh, what are they called? 
Um, what the, are they uh, called? Cauldrons, right? The cauldrons, yeah. So humans are like basically, fuck. We made these unstoppable fucking eating machines that are going to kill us all. We need a way to stop them. So a bunch of these scientists get together to figure that out, and you find out that their plan didn't work because the guy who's basically this fault is all is comes to the conclusion we have screwed up so terribly there's no way we can fix that so he like locks all the scientists of the gaia project which is the thing to fix the planet in a room and kills them yeah like you wow. you listen to that audio recording earth. of them all dying yeah. wow and i and i picked the story because we don't have categories today for writing or voice acting and animation and stuff like that but i just think like every time i go to talk to an npc it's because i want to i want to learn more about yeah. the lore. and i don't know there's there's something less not super uncanny about the way they act the talk ashley the, birch is amazing in yeah, this game ashley birch and is i'm really good so glad that she's getting more roles and that's the that's the thing too is like it's an open world but it's a small enough and densely packed enough world with like side quests that don't feel samey and grindy yeah, is that what else is Ashley Birch voiced? Uh, she was Chloe in the original Life is Strange game. Nice. Um, she Chloe was Tina left in Borderlands Two. Yeah. Cool. And she's the main, like, she, she's the lead, right? Yeah, she's mm-hmm. Aloy. She's the lead nice. character. Yeah. Nice. Aloy's a great character too, from what I've played so far, at least. I don't know. I just like all the cast characters and like it's, you said, it's, it's, it's Last of Us. Yeah. Meets. Terminator Monster Hunter meets Monster right. Hunter meets Disney's Brave. Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> Aloy as a main character is also just really good because she kind of gets this sort of messiah position like thrust upon her and her reaction is like I don't want this. I actually kind of hate people. <laughs> Leave me alone. Right. <laughs> I'm not your god. I don't want to be your messiah, yeah. Baka. <clears throat> and I like the story and I also like the way, like, I know Ali spoke a lot about it, so I'm not going to repeat it, but basically it just builds this world. Um, and what I will say is the next category is coolest world, and I didn't pick it. Um, there is a, <laughs> there is a, there is another game that came out right along the same time as Horizon Zero Dawn, <laughs> which I, for me at least, and other people can agree or disagree, for me, like, has these, like, close ties now because they're not the same but you can draw parallels Mm -hmm. to the way the world's Mm -hmm. the world's built and like kind of like the post-apocalyptic nature and that's zelda yep yeah i i I was gonna say if you the man with the zelda tattoo didn't pick uh that pick uh the the latest zelda game for best world when it's pretty much like apparently like the bestest of things i would be shocked yeah and i gotta say that it was close but i mean like the whole, I mean, so we'll we'll get it later. But I really, really, really liked Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and I think the the main reason for that was just how cool the world was. Mm-hmm. So, um, I picked this. Tristan, I know you picked it as well as coolest world. Yep. Um, just the 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 breadth and the depth of the, of the world and depth. The fact that there's so much stuff that it was programmed in by Nintendo, on the off chance you would try it. And actually, that's that's actually in uh, Super Mario Odyssey a lot too. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of hidden areas in Super Mario Odyssey mm-hmm. that you can only get to through like stupid extreme feats of platforming that have rewards in them. 
basically while they were doing Super Mario Odyssey, they were thinking, okay, what's the most ridiculous thing a player could do to get up here? Cool, we're going to build a platform there, or we're going to put a reward there for them. Yeah. It kind of does the Dark Souls thing of, hey, you can go there, you know, you just have mm-hmm. to figure it out. Yeah. Um, also it's the, the Dark Souls of Mario. Also the fact that uh, in Breath of the Wild, we finally have a way to kill Kukos. You can carry a cuckoo all the way up to Death Mountain, and you can throw it into the lava from which it was forged. <laughs> the one chicken to rule them all. And by casting <laughs> it back into the fire, you can finally kill the accursed beast. Why do we hate cuckoos? Because if you attack them too much, they murder you. There's That's just something true. very natural about Breath of the Wild's world. Nice. And it it's one of the first... It, it's, it's my favorite open world game ever, for sure. But it's like... The whole reward of the game, for me at least, is exploration. And it's like every step you take, everywhere you go, I'll be watching you now. Uh, every, every, every step you, you take, like in anywhere you look, you see something new that you need to go to. And to me, that's like the example of the coolest world. But, Allie, you picked Horizon Zero Dawn. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? I just love robot dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't love robot dinosaurs? <clears throat> for me, because it was interlinked, Allie, I felt like with... or interlinked with zelda and when it came out and where my priorities were shifting as far as what game i was playing i would play breath of the wild which has more freeform mm-hmm. exploration and then i'd get to horizon which has tighter systems but the world is a little bit more restrictive as far as where you can go oh yeah definitely I just, like i said yeah. earlier it's open it's open world but it's much more small and contained and yep. focused and i think that's one of um, that's one of the issues I have with Breath of the Wild is I feel a little overwhelmed in yeah. what I can do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although I, oddly enough, don't find that problem too bad in Mario Odyssey, but I'm not really sure why that is. I haven't quite parsed that out. I think out. it's primarily because Mario Odyssey is split up into more discrete sections. Yeah, that could be it. Whereas Breath of the Wild is, here's a world. <clears throat> Go nuts. Yeah. Go on. I mean, go run free. The opening section of the world in Zelda is the Great Plateau, and when you first get there, having not played a game of this scale before, and you you know, spend your first hour there, you expect it to be a much more sizable portion of the map. And then as you start, and you filling, just realize it's so realize tiny. Yeah, it yeah, is, right. is minuscule. Right. Like you go back to try to find it, you can like barely see it on the map anymore. When you go back <laughs> later on uh, to to find something, is the game is fucking huge yeah. it's just gigantic it makes skyrim look tiny yeah yeah, yeah. it makes everything look tiny to be honest with you it's huge i mean it, the thing that actually, i think i really liked about both games though is you can tell that they're and you can say that about a lot of the games on this list i feel like you can really tell that they're a labor of love because mm-hmm. like again zelda and mario especially have these little bits and pieces of them where it's like can i go there Yes. I think I can go there. Yes, oh my god, I can go there. But um, I think what I liked most about the world of Horizon Zero Dawn is seeing all these different like cultures grow out of a disaster that happened so so many years ago. And like I really and Barra will know this because we've taken we took a lot of like mythology courses together. I really like anything that has a lot of stuff about like ancient mythology about it. And considering, like, oh, hey, you know, how might our actions in the past 
or in the present now, how might they be viewed in the future if suddenly everything was gone? So, Allie, question. How would you mm-hmm. feel if Bob was a consultant on a video games mythology? Uh, there would be, like, a lot of gay sex between very hairy, burly men, I feel like. <laughs> would that be a bad thing? it would thing? be really good. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of discussion of how dying is like an orgasm. <laughs> it would Done. basically be in uh, Gilgamesh the video game. <laughs> Why hasn't this been made? Yeah. Um, right? Because Bob is clearly not following his true calling which is writing video games with homoerotic overtones (laughs) next time i have lunch with bob i'm gonna bring this up oh god please no (laughs) (laughs) he probably has no idea who i am anymore i'll put this i'll put you on speaker no no it's fine it's fine we should introduce bob to the fate stay night series which has mythological characters from all of history reincarnated in the modern age Alrighty then. Oh yeah. Yeah, Gilgamesh is one of them. He's kind of a dick. Kind of a dick. You know, I mean, it's going to be a broken record, but um, I will have to say it's not cool. It's deeply unpleasant world, but we'll have to still go with Wolfenstein. I mean, the thing is, is that it's a linear game. And one of the nice things about it is, is that it is very much a traditional and not a Halo style shooter. And that, you know, you basically, once you get a weapon, it's there with you. Um, you just like, you get to carry tons of them, tons of ammunition, lots of running, gunning, etc. But there, because it's Bethesda, there's also all these like little notes you could read, where it's from like you know people who are fighting the Nazis, from Nazis uh, from before the war, currently. Uh, you I get think... to have all these conversations. Uh, it's it's does a pretty good job, uh, just like showing uh, occupied America mm-hmm. pretty convincingly. I will say that um, one of the nicest things about New Order and New Colossus. Is the music, yeah, namely the albums you can find. Mm. Like in the first game, uh, in New Order, you can find, I believe it is, the Beatles. I think it's Yellow Submarine, but it's entirely in German. Wow! Because it's no, no, the Beatles are still a band. They still got together. They still became a band, but the Nazis rule the world, so everything's in German. Wow! Huh. Come give me a dinner hand. It's it's little touches like that that I think make the new the new order and the new Colossus world so interesting. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's my vote on that. Well, totally shifting gears here. Of course, um, <laughs> probably the most abrupt. Yeah, the most abrupt shift <laughs> of the night. We're gonna go to. Um, most egregious loot boxing. So we alluded to this a little earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. I would say an example of good, quote-unquote, loot boxing would be something like an Overwatch, mm-hmm. where the loot boxes are totally optional. Don't have any enhancement to the gameplay. Well, they're not super optional, because you see someone with a really cool, like, 
Cthulhu is in the Otter skin and you want that. Optional. Uh, also, oh. let's, also, there was that period where one of May's skins actually gave her a significantly reduced hitbox. Huh. Huh. I'm sure they patched that, though. I think so. Yeah. Uh, it was for the um, Chinese New Year's. Got it. Earlier this year. Uh, May had a sort of traditional, like, Chinese, like... I don't know what it's called. It's not... It's not um, we can just call it traditional Chinese not, wardrobe. Well, right, right, but it, it's like the Chinese There's a specific equivalent of a kimono, word for it, and I don't remember China it either. Dress yeah. That has been whatever that. Whatever Let's go with called. that cultured name. Let's go with China Dress. Well, it's like it's like what you see um, Chun Li in. I forget the gotcha. exact pronunciation. I know, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's not that, but it's it's kind of like the Chinese equivalent of like a kimono, whatever that is. The problem is that that skin had a significantly reduced hitbox huh. as opposed to her regular skin. Um, because this hitbox was equal to her skin. And that was a more form-fitting okay. costume than her traditional, like, big coat yeah. and stuff. You know, I'm actually going to throw... Since we're on Overwatch here, um, I'm actually going to throw this out there. I'm actually going to put the most egregious loot boxing to Overwatch. Not because Overwatch because does it a started job shit. it. But yes, because it popular. If not started, it popularized it, and it made it well, so you could see well, that this is a way that you could make money from it. And you know, like yeah, it's like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And right now, this loot box gambling so, economy bully is like well, draining so, people so money. So if we're gonna for, blame somebody for loot boxes, technically we need to blame Valve because they introduced loot boxes into Team Fortress Two and CS:GO, Counter Strike Go. Right. And Counter-Strike Go is actually the big black market for digital content gambling through weapon skins. Mm. It is a stupidly huge industry that is completely unregulated. Huh. For gambling skins. But little Timmy just wants his golden guns. Yeah, and little Timmy's going to spend $1,000 of, of his parents' uh his parents money to try and get it <laughs> regardless of which um i think that people be regardless of which i think that people really began to take notice once overwatch was like yeah. taking it. i mean mm -hmm. yeah. overwatch oh, yeah. is such a good get is such a good game that the crafts invested in in it for their like esports stuff mm -hmm. um, overwatch... yeah, i love that i love that game to death like obviously no it, if anybody it's... knows me but it's really fucking egregious although i will say i've not spent a penny on those i did however spend way more money than i'm willing to admit on the mass effect 3 ones way back in the day yeah, oh, that shit, shit was embarrassing oh, yeah. <laughs> so so my choice for most egregious loot boxes so this was a tough one because i really wanted to put battlefront 2 on there but I decided that Battlefront 2 would be better placed elsewhere on our categories. So I instead went Kristen, you with... you technically have Battlefront 2 on here twice, just so you know. Yeah, I know. All but right. I instead went with Call of Duty World War 2. Because what Call of Duty World War 2 does is it makes you open your loot boxes on Omaha Beach. What? I'm not kidding. You're kidding. You're... I am not. You are on Omaha Beach opening your loot boxes, and Omaha Beach is a like forum, like a like a um, like a lobby with other players in it who get to see what you got in your loot box. So you're on Omaha Beach, surrounded by other players, 
opening your loot boxes, and they get to see what you got in your loot box. And I am not making this shit up. That's kind of crazy. That's kind of nuts. First of all, it's Omaha Beach. What the fuck are you doing messing with Omaha Beach? I like, never actually this was thought a I terrible... considered something to do with the World War II video game to be disrespectful. Yeah! That's kind of disrespectful. That's super disrespectful. I get that we're from also... A game, like... From a game series that, need I remind you, had press E to pay respects. It is super disrespectful. Like, like, and it is showcasing in front of other players what you got to try and advertise to those parts. Hey, this guy got some cool shit. Maybe you should buy some loot boxes too. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Like, I know that's an odd thing to draw a line when you're in a game where you're playing through World War II. But, like, I feel that this is something, you know, in the World War II game, it's supposed to be an homage, and especially. Oh, yeah. But oh, the, yeah. but if you're doing commerce on Omaha Beach, that seems like I don't yeah. know. And Dan, Dan, Dan can look this situation. up. Dan can look this up right now. He's got his <laughs> computer open. I am not making this shit. Oh. Up. I believe you. We'll look up. We'll cut up later. Oh jeez. Anyways, so in my that's, mind, that's yeah. super fucking egregious when it comes to loot boxes. And like I said, I have Battlefront two. I think in two places, but considering those loot boxes aren't in the game yet, Ooh. yet. Yet, <laughs> I decided that After that <laughs> I decided. No, I am. Don't get me fucking started on EA. I will go on a fucking warpath against I have a EA. I feel like we're gonna be. We're gonna. Oh, we're gonna get there in about ten minutes when we get to Moses appointing. Um, uh, but but because they weren't actually in the game as of me writing stuff in there, I was like, no, no, I have to give this to opening loot boxes in front of other players on Omaha Beach. Cool. What about you, Allie? What's the belt most? Dis- what's the most egregious loot boxing of the year? Uh, IDK, like all of them that require you to pay actual money. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, will... I, I understand where people come with the argument of it's just for skins, whatever. But the thing that gets to me is when it's for timed events. Mm-hmm. And again, I love. Don't get me wrong. I've poured a lot of hours into Overwatch, but I hate feeling stressed that i need yeah. to play a game mm-hmm. even more or spend real cash monies right. to get are, a special thing are folks cool if i sort of take the reins here for a sec okay yes okay so let's talk about loot boxes here because we had some really egregious offenders uh the first one is gonna be shit it's gonna be middle earth shadow of more dollars as jim <laughs> sterling coined it yeah Good um jim. which has which has loot boxes that get you Commanders or commanders for your army. Now, fun fact: the end of this game. So the end of Shadow of Mordor is behind either I think someone clocked in at about forty to sixty hour grind, a forty to sixty hour grind to get to the end of the game, unless you buy loot boxes mm-hmm. to get high level orcs commanding your armies and your garrisons. Basically, the, at the end of the game, all of your garrisons come under attack. And you have to sort of, like, retake them all. Unless you've spent money to buy, like, legendary or commanders to hold down the fort for you. They've literally locked the end of the game behind either, like, a 40 to 60 hour grind or paid loot boxes. That's number one. Let's talk Destiny 2. 
I really, really wanted to be excited for Destiny 2. I really liked the storyline of Destiny 2. And Activision has just shown this year that the de that the Bungie we know and love is dead. That they are the they are the Simpsons of gaming. Oh shit. They are a shattered, walking, shambling corpse of what they once were. That all the cre actual creative talent behind Bungie is dead and gone. It started with Martin and O'Donnell, and it has continued through to Destiny 2. So, first of all, Christopher Osiris came out, and they locked content that had been originally available behind De the Curse of Osiris, Osiris paywall. You literally could not do end-of-game content that you had been able to do a week before had you not bought and shown out the money for Curse of Osiris. That's not a loot box, though. That's just an expansion. No, that's just an expansion. We're getting to the loot boxes. Because oh. now, now we're in the winter festival, winter, quote unquote, winter festival season <laughs> of Destiny 2. So, a second update has come out. There's a bunch of new stuff. But guess what? It's all hidden in loot boxes. Now, in Destiny 2, you can earn loot boxes by leveling up after level 20. And I won't get into all the controversy on that where Destiny was literally lying to you about the amount of XP you earned. It was literally lying to you about the amount of XP you earned. And your XP was being ratcheted down even though it was telling you how much you were getting. So then they lowered... So then they fixed that. You're actually getting as much XP as you're saying. But they doubled the requirement of XP necessary to earn a loot box. Hmm. And now, all this new content that came out for the winter, for the winter event, is, guess what? It's all locked behind, all locked behind loot boxes. Hmm. But it's all locked behind winter loot boxes. Okay. I can see that. That's the time to end. Hmm, but guess what? You don't earn winter loot boxes by leveling up. You earn regular loot boxes by leveling up. So all the new shit that came out for the winter update, you have to buy loot boxes for. Wow. You have to buy loot boxes for. You cannot earn the loot boxes to get the new stuff. In conclusion, maybe we should really just buy a lot of Bethesda shit. And, and... Don't even get me started on Battlefront 2, which doesn't have paid for loot boxes, but still has all of its progression tied behind fucking loot boxes. And I feel like I'm channeling Louis C.K. here right now. Well, I was just going to say, please do not abort. Do not, do not channel Lewis. I gotta pull back. I gotta pull back. Don't, don't, pull back. don't channel Lewis right now. No, he's a garbage <sighs> human being who belongs in a dumpster. Yeah. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna pick um, Destiny Two as well as mine, but I decided that I just wanted to call out a game that nobody else would hear, which is NBA Two K Eighteen. Really? Yeah. Which oh, yeah, also that has really bad. super egregious loot boxes. Yeah. So, Dan, why don't you tell us what you have to go through if you want to customize your player for the single-player campaign? <laughs> well, Tristan, <laughs> you have to buy loot boxes. <laughs> exactly! What's that? You want a particular haircut for your custom character in NBA 2K15? Oh, guess what? It's locked behind one of a trillion different loot boxes. You mean 2K18? Because I assume in 2K15 there was none of this bullshit. Yeah, no. Thank so, you. So, I just sort of ref I don't know why I fell back to 2K15, but 
But thank you. It, no, it's, it's totally fine. But uh, yeah, no. Um, or wow. Or you want to get a haircut? Oh, that's just gonna cost you like sixty hours of grinding with your yeah. super low so, level character. The, the thing I wanted to bring to light though here, yeah. beyond that, because this isn't specifically loot boxing. It's it's still paying to win, but it's a different level. Is and I figure I'll point. Have you ever played like a sports game where you improved your custom made character? Right. Your right statistics. Yeah. yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, what yeah. are sports? Well, yeah. or, or even just, or even just any Is of the Tony Hawk sport? games. <laughs> yeah. Or any of the Tony no. Hawk games, even that let you have a custom right. skater. Right. So in an NBA or any like of these team sports games, when you have a character, they have like an overall rating, right? It usually right. goes up to ninety nine. Right. And you play, you progress, and you get, you know, more you know improved stats. Well, other than so in this game, I've played for about four hours. My character is rated sixty overall out of ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am still not sixty one. Yeah, after four hours of grinding out trainings, games, and other events in the world, right? I am still not even at sixty one. Yep. And, and how and yeah. how's your character compared to other playable characters? <clears throat> not very good. Yep. And, uh, yep. And, but, but, but Tristan, you can but. buy currency mm-hmm. to improve your character faster than the game allows you to mm-hmm. by grinding. This is really, I feel, I just, I feel that the way this loot box situation is going, it's possible. At least I have a hope. I mean, you know, hope slash well, fear it, that. This we might be actually entering into like a comic book, uh, comic book box type of situation where just like well, hold people on a may tune the fuck out. Well, hold on a sec. Hey Dan, and how much did you pay for this game? How much did you pay for the privilege of having the option to spend more money? Well, to make your character actually viable. Tristan, I got it on sale, but I will humor you and say sixty dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, so, the, that's the thing that makes me bullshit about this is the fact that you have to pay to win in a game that you bought yep. for $60. I got it way back in the day of like the Candy Crushes of the right. world. If it's, if it's a free-to-play right. game. That's literally their model. If it's free-to-play. Like, that I, is the model. I will literally, I will I will not look askance at Hearthstone because it's free-to-play. I could play right. Hearthstone without paying a dime. Um, like, yeah. But you want to buy those packs. Yeah. So yeah. You need, Exactly. I would support things like that, and I know we've had a lot of negative things to say about Overwatch, and I, they're all valid points. And I would also argue, I think we bear can, in mind Overwatch is still a like sixty dollar game right. once you get it on sale. However, I'm okay with it. And, and again, you're all making valid points. I agree with, and you know, there's a gambling thing which is being fought in other countries right now about video and video in the US. games and in the U.S. I'll, yeah. I'll get to that. We're I still think it's talking along in other countries, but I could be wrong. Anyway. Oh no! It, it is it is actually for the long period of the U.S. But go ahead. Get all I get all of that. So all valid points. But what I will say about a game like an Overwatch is it's sixty dollars. I think you can buy it cheaper. There's like the not Origins edition or something. But they are consistently putting out mm-hmm. new maps, modes, Heroes. characters, and it's all free. Yeah. I mean, you pay for the game, but they're continuing to support. They're continuing to put out patches. Mm-hmm. That are that are making a, a I mean I'd argue a good impact on the gameplay. Good guy Blizzard. Good yeah. guy Blizzard. Right. It's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but I, I can at least appreciate. Yeah. They open the door, and that's why I that. still like put the thing in there. But I I still respect your point that like it it's at least it's not 
They may have opened the door, but they are certainly did not walk down the path. Other people, though, with less restraint than Blizzard, which is a company that I think is knows how to do restraint, um, have just like, yeah, really... There, it's a very troubling thing for the potential future of games. And I'm curious as, like, as consumers, like, what the what the step is. Because, I mean, obviously, wow. uh, you know, like, the battle for... Uh, uh, for for what's his uh, for what's his face to um to just that to basically just have like you know no added on additional content like you know there's I mean, unless you're like getting the glory that was like Doob last year like there's yeah. it's pretty that's pretty difficult to do um uh no like it's like if you were trying to do a boycott around that but it be in terms of loot boxes it's go is it going to be the same way but the other question I have with that is that like even if loot boxes are just like if loot if loot boxes are omnipresent though. Then is that 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 has the potential to really just like mess with the gaming experience? Well, it has the potential to make it so like a triple AAA games are unplayable unless you want to spend a lot more than a sixty dollars sticker price. And we'll get we're gonna get to that in favorite moment because that's kind of speaks to Tristan's favorite moment a little bit, and I do yeah. want to wait for that because first one because he's predisposed right now. Oh, also speaking of since Tristan's predisposed, uh, we haven't got Pat's picks for a lot of these past ones. Oh well, they were all tied with somebody else, so I didn't. Oh, okay. So cool. he picked a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn, and loot boxing was Battlefront Two, which we kind of touched upon. Fair so. enough. Fair yeah. enough. But I am, I am. Good, good call. Good call, good sir. No, just making <laughs> sure. Pat getting left in the yeah. desk. <laughs> um, when when he does have unique picks, which are coming soon, we'll we'll discuss those. As sweet, well. sweet. Dig it. <clears throat> um, All right. So can we talk? Can we now talk about loot boxes? Yay! And all the shit that's going on with that. Can we have our? Oh, you want to? Well, we, we can skip ahead to favorite moment. Okay. Is okay. that cool with you, Allie, too? I'm 100% okay with that. All right, so I just moved up. Favorite moment. Let's talk about that. All right. Most All right. Cool. But then oh, I'm excited a... for most disappointed games. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I've got yeah. something Sorry. to say. Yeah, yeah. All right. So my favorite moment in gaming this year was how, for the most part, gamers came together as a collective and said, enough is enough with Battlefront 2. We're continuing on loot boxes here. It really started when the Battlefront 2 beta came out. People were able to play it, and they were able to see how the entire system of progression in that game was tied to loot boxes and the random nature of that. I'm not going to go through the whole story of what happened there. I'm not going to go into the Reddit threads. There were the most downvoted Reddit posts in the history of Reddit. Basically, it became very clear that Battle Star Wars Battlefront 2 was going to be a very play-to-win, pay-to-win situation. In that the people who spent money on the high-end loot boxes would, be have, would have a definitive advantage over people who didn't. I've, I've thought for a while that what we needed was a... The, the, what the gaming industry needed was a huge failure from one of the AAA companies. Because we have been seeing over the past several years a rise in predatory and anti-consumer practices amongst the quote-unquote AAA developers. This was the year of the loot box. This is the year when it got really bad. Let's be honest. This year, we, we even have it as a category. Most egregious loot boxes. But Battlefront 2 was the final straw. And I am so happy that, for the most part, 
gamers got together as a collective and said, no, this is where we're drawing the line. This is where we are fucking drawing the goddamn line in the sand. No more. To the point where EA pulled the microtransactions out of the game before it came out. Which just goes to show you how unnecessary they were. Right. Right. That's the thing. So it's Except like microtransactions that. are so omnipresent in games, it's hard to find a game that doesn't even have them. Yep. Which, well, except for the fact that they removed the microtransactions, but the whole the whole progression system is still based around the loot boxes. I can think of two. Which has turned the game into a terrible, terrible grind. Breath of the Wild and Mario, those don't have... Oh, yeah. Those don't have... Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag good guy Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag good guy Bethesda. No, no. Hashtag, hashtag gaming heroes Nintendo and Bethesda for not putting loot boxes in their shit. Um... So Bethesda Battle... did so much crap with the Creator Club, though, so I'm not giving them a pass for this year. Right. But... I mean, there's like there was some yes and no. I haven't did it totally like I didn't totally investigate the Creator Club stuff, but I feel oh, like the I'm... Creator Club thing, at least from my understanding of it, and Ali, tell me if I'm the thousand percent wrong, is that Bethesda tried to do something where like people who made mods could get money from it, but they then did it in the wrong way. So yeah, I feel like that. I feel like Bethesda had good instincts and then just poor execution. Well, I won't go into I won't go into the mess that is Fallout Four VR. Mm. That game was a goddamn mess. Oh shit. Um, no, somebody. But anywho, everybody came to poop on Battlefront Two, and it right. was good. It was <laughs> very no, no. It was very good. This was. Did you failure. fire a noble deuce at that alley? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, so Battlefront Two failing was was I think was I think what we needed. <laughs> we need to show the tr- the quote unquote AAA game developers that you can only push us so far. Uh, and the best thing too is that gamers actually voted with their wallets. On launch, like in the first the first like two weeks, I think Battlefront Two was out. It sold under a million copies, which is amazing. Which, which is, is an amazing accomplishment considering the the uh, franchise that it is. Right. As opposed to Call of Duty Two, about uh, Call of Duty World War Two, which sold like four point four million, but we'll take down Call of Duty another day, guys. Yeah. We got to pick our battle. One battle here. at a time. One, One battle, battle at a time. Next, next time. Um, to date, we'll EA, have a, we'll have a D day. To, da- to <laughs> date, Call of Duty World War II. <laughs> uh, to date, EA, to date, EA has lost about, I think it's something like five to six billion dollars of value. Because people haven't been buying Battlefront 2. Which is good. Which is very good. Because it's hitting them in their fucking wallet. So they'll actually pay fucking attention. Um, that's why this is my favorite moment. It's because it's, it is, it's the moment of the year where gamers as a whole. Bearing a few outliers who are so fucking deep in the goddamn Kool-Aid. That you could sell them enemas and they'd love it um the kool-aid is intense the kool-aid is Video super intense enemas. with these people mm. the kool-aid is super fucking intense with these people who claim EA did nothing wrong i'm just like guys 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 oh you're like people who vote you're like poor people who vote republican you're just hurting yourselves here mm. um it, it's 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 when we came together and said no we're done with this we have seen the shitstorm 
that ga- the gaming is coming to, and we're gonna say no. We're gonna say fucking no. No. <clears throat> and so where we currently are. So it started with, I believe it was Sweden, investigating loot boxes. And I believe it was the Swedish Gaming Commission that decided, yeah, you want loot boxes? They're basically digital gambling. You're spending real money for a chance to get something that has value. Either either monetary or in-game slash emotional. And they actually just voted, yeah, that shit counts, counts, constitutes gambling in Sweden. Sweden is part of the European Union. So because of this, it made it a talking point for the rest of the European Union. Britain was the next company to take a look at this. And the British Gambling... I think it's the British Gambling Advisory or the English Gambling Advisory or wherever it is. BGA. Um, took a look and was like, well, under the rules set by Parliament, as they exist now, loot boxes do not technically, technically consist, constitute gambling. Because, because the way Parliament has worded gambling laws in Britain is very specific. So as it stands right now, loot boxes are not considered gambling, so they don't fall under our purview. But they are something that Parliament should very much look into. Then, these wonderful bastards in Hawaii. Thank you, Hawaii. Took up the cause. Wow. Um, and started introducing legislature here in the U.S. to to legislate and manage games with built-in gambling slash loot crate slash microtransactional systems. You know what that says to me? Some state senator in Hawaii was really mad when they didn't get their Cthulhu's and Dias screen. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so now, so where we, so as of recording where we are here in the U.S., there are currently six states, six states here in the U.S., working on legislature to restrict the sale of video games containing gambling, loot boxes or microtransactional systems restricting the sale to so that no one under the age of 21 can buy these games the same as if you were going to a casino nice 2017 the year of amazing games also the year of horrible loot boxing right that but then we wouldn't have like 90 percent of the overwatch pro teams at all because they're all like People age twenty, right, and nineteen. <laughs> well, and, and here and here's the thing is that these, I, I say these, this as a joke. These practices are mm. very predatory. They prey upon the exact same impulses that that of of gambling. They prey upon the exact same impulses the to spend money for that brief fleeting moment and a chance of getting the big win. They're very predatory. They're very much in line with the same things as gambling. And the gaming industry has made no attempt to regulate itself in the past for the past decade, basically. Because why would they? Because they're making money hand over fist with these fucking systems at the cost of the consumer. And so now the governments are stepping in. And good on them. They should. 
I remember when you spent 50 bucks and you got a full game. I remember when you spent 50 bucks and you get fucking Shadow of the Colossus. And everything in that game was in there. It was a complete game. They didn't split stuff off. Like, the first problem with the first Battlefront game was that when it came out, there was jack shit in it. There was jack in that game. These days, it's a complete game because they've put out, like, four packs of DLC, which is what you would need to have actually have a complete game. And guess what they charge you for that with the season pass? One of the big, one of the big defenses that the that these companies have is, oh, it's so expensive to make video games now that we have to put this in. Otherwise, we can't make money. Hmm. Hmm. Really interesting you talk about that, EA, despite the fact that you've been making record profits quarter over quarter for the past three years. Hmm. Really interesting you say that, Activision, despite the fact that we got through the GameCube, PS1, PS2, and even PS3 era without microtransactions or loot boxes. Just fine, and companies were making money. Hmm. Funny you say that, every gaming company ever, despite the fact that all of your programmers and designers and bug testers and basically everyone who isn't a director or COO or uh, leader of slash director of art or anything like that is criminally underpaid, under overworked, and has been for the last basically entirety of the gaming industry. Hmm. My throat is really sore now for all that hooming, so I'm going to actually shut up for once and hand over to somebody else. Well, My rant is over. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget that voice actors in games are also oftentimes criminally underpaid. Unless too. they are, well, unless they are super famous. And actually, and actually, that's so earlier. Um, <clears throat> Allie said it was great that Ashley Birch was getting more roles. Mm -hmm. And one of the unfortunate things that happened with Life is Strange, as an example, is she was part of a of the union, right, Allie? Yes. And and so she couldn't come back for the sequel or. Rather, the prequel game, the Before the Storm, because they were on. Strike. And there's actually a really, oh, nice. uh, yeah, there's actually a really good uh, article um, talking about yeah. that and her thoughts on having been replaced in that. Which I've read, and it's pretty, pretty great article. I recommend wow. people check it well, out. Well, good on Ed, good on Ashley Birch is a good union lady. That's awesome. Hey. Maybe, maybe if these companies spent less money on their CEOs and less money on their stupidly inflated market marketing budgets. I actually spend more money making games, I don't know, actually good, we wouldn't be in this fucking mess. I mean, the other thing is just, just that it would be if... I think that if you, that you could also make it... If it really was a matter of costs and such, I think you could actually make an argue. You could get an argument for a company to be like, listen, we have XX cost of things, but you're going to get all of this in the game at once. And actually just like put this... Instead of just like microtransaction it out just like have a sticker price of a hundred bucks on on something but say like this is really worth it and no microtransactions ever so, i mean so here here's my counter to that here's my counter to that is if you're a games publisher and you cannot make games efficiently then you are in the wrong fucking business like i said we got through Everything up to the PS3 era, PlayStation 3 era, without this shit. And companies were still making money. If you were at the point where you cannot make a good game and sell it for 50, 60 bucks and make a profit, 
You don't deserve to be in this fucking industry. You should look at what you're doing, see where you're going wrong, and I don't know, maybe revamp your business structure. If you can't do business officially, you don't deserve to be in that business. I mean, the counterpoint to that, though, in terms of like maybe we'll see a higher sticker price or maybe find some way to make things is, is that, as you said, a lot of people in the games industry are currently being very, very underpaid. Now, I think that you can definitely pro, you don't, that necessarily doesn't mean that you have to have a sticker price rise because I think a lot of it is just going, going to shareholders and such. But at the same time, I mean, you know, like I'd be willing to pay more for games if I knew that it basically meant that they, that people were not having the slave wages to be paid slave wages to make them anymore. Um, or like slave wages as, you know, being in the United States. Uh, but no, but, I don't know. Uh, Dan, what is your favorite moment in gaming this year? Actually, I was going to say, do we want to like take a, like, a quick five-minute break? We're only like an hour and a half in. Sure, yeah. Ooh. Or why don't we do favorite moments and then, uh, and then take the break? Favorite, favorite moments. That's I'm good. done. Yeah. I'm spent. Well, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette in bed. Hold on. I was just thinking that it would that Allie's favorite moment would be a wonderful way to come back from a break. But oh, we don't. we can do either. I'm cool with either. Allie, it's your choice. You're Sophie this time. Uh, let's end this on a high note before we go to the break and then go to our next category, which is most disappointing game. Cool. So end on a high, come back on a low. Okay, so sounds good. I kept thinking of different things, and I'm sure I'll think of different things lying awake at night in bed, but I think <laughs> this moment just encapsulates a lot about how I felt about Mario Odyssey in general, which was finding out I could be a tree. <laughs> Aww. I love you, Dally. Never change. And not only that, but finding out I could be a tree before my boyfriend, because he has put in so many hours into that game. He's only, like, I think a couple moons off of having every single moon. Wow. And I showed him that you could be a tree. That's amazing. Wow. So I was like, look, I found a thing. I found a thing, and now I'm going to show it to you. And I think that's just one of the reasons why I like that game so much and why it's kind of that moment in that game and slash that whole entire game is one of my favorite overall moments from this year in games is just finding all the weird little things I could do, including being a tree, which was the best. Also, you can be a fork, (laughs) but the tree is better. I was going to say, if I was going to follow Tristan's methodology of having a separate game in each category mm-hmm. i would have picked super mario odyssey i don't know which one i would pick but right now i theorize i would have picked when you get to become meat yeah that's pretty good too that's pretty good uh but um i didn't pick that instead and this is actually pretty interesting because of all the moments in, in, of the year patrick and i picked the exact same one and i can tell you we didn't collude on this because <laughs> we picked i had my stuff blacked out at the time and he picked a different uh he wrote it differently we both picked the same moment which is uh the first moment where you step out on the great plateau in zelda which is like right at the beginning of the game Mm. um i wrote stepping out into the great plateau hashtag first look at the skybox of breath of the wild (laughs) how analytical (laughs) right um but yeah seriously like walking out into that world like out of that cave is like one of the most awesome moments i've ever had and i think set me up for for the rest of the game pretty pretty nicely and just kind of really blew me away so i don't really have anything else more to add to that i just wanted to call it out with 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 passion and gusto 
Do you have a favorite moment, Vera? Every time I put a tomahawk to a Nazi scum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hunk. The, the, irony, the, satisfying, the satisfying thunk it makes. The yeah. irony that I didn't think Wolfenstein was going to get the credit it needed during this game category. During this game in the, the best of 2017. Oh, don't worry. It's going to get its just desserts. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, no, no. It's a, yeah, the, the, the hatchet brutality animations are great. They're beautiful. Um, and uh, no, that's a... There, there is some, there is some excellent stuff. Uh, also, when a certain character dies, um, I don't want to spoil it for Dad, but it is, it is great. Um, it is great. You go back home and you take care of business. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about, but was okay. it? I think I know what you're talking about, but that's okay. We can talk about it later. Oh, indeed, indeed. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's uh, violently killing Nazis is the best thing in 2017 gaming. <laughs> All right. So with that positive uplifting end there we're gonna take a break um and when we come back we'll go through the most disappointing game as well as a few additional awards with no mention of loot boxes fine <laughs> fine <laughs> uh, um, i've kind of blown my load on that anyway so and then yeah you got a second wave. blowing your load implies pleasure tristan yeah, it didn't yeah. really sound like you took pleasure no, it was, it was an angry you know there's different people express pleasure in different ways ali you know this as well as i do I, I guess. See you in a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> talk about the most disappointing game i'm actually gonna flip it over to barra first all right i haven't done that yet <laughs> so uh this most disappointing game for me actually would be uh the friday the 13th game uh my girlfriend got an xbox specifically for that and that in and also because she figured that like i could go play it when she was working on stuff uh she's a wonderful human but uh <laughs> She really loves horror movies, and uh, she was excited to do for this Friday the Thirteenth game. And why was the most disappointed was is that like I hadn't heard this before she mentioned it, but you know we started playing it, and it's like oh this is a great concept. This is you know you get to play mm -hmm. as Jason Voorhees or the campers, and it has that classic Friday the Thirteenth music. Jason is scary as heck, nearly impossible to kill with combat. Um, it's uh, you, you you've got to be you've got to be creative. There's a sense of dread. So this all sounds good, right? Problem is is that what's really disappointing is that even though it has the bones of an excellent game, it's glitchy as heck. Mm -hmm. The matchmaking it's all multiplayer, so you have to rely on a matchmaking system, mm -hmm. and you can't choose to be Jason. That's randomly assigned, yep. and then you have to do a stupid leveling up system where in order to like unlock new characters, it's not. 
intuitive like who you are how to get to be different campers and it's you, you it's like which jason you are depends on the, it's a and just all the mechanics are not clear whatsoever it's mm-hmm. like kind of it's all based off trial and error and it's the worst of it it's just like what would have really helped it was literally i kid you not just a single player mode like a single player mode where you could just like yeah. figure out the mechanics of it uh of the physical mechanics of it and then for the multiplayer, just having a just a clearer tutorial set slash just a better matchmaking system slash ability to play against the computer if you don't have actual human opponents to deal to deal against. Like there's all these they so what was is basically is that there was a lot of potential and they got good intellectual property, but really what turned out is basically just another IP cash in with these piss poor mechanics, um, which is yeah, is out. Very disappointing game, and but good enough that. But like many disappointing things, it was literally good enough before it wasn't. There's a game, an indie game that came out earlier this year. I'm trying to remember what the hell it was called. That was a kind of um, isometric puzzle game that I think you would very much enjoy. God damn! It's not Gang I, I want, Beasts, is it? No, no, no. Gang Beasts is what I have set up for us to play because it's super fun. Uh, but this was an isometric puzzle horror game oh. where you were the murderer and you had to figure out the best way to murder all the campers. Oh, uh, Slay Away Camp. Thank you! I could not remember <laughs> the name of it. I played yes, a fair amount Slay of that. Camp. That was fun. Um, but if that's sort of what you're looking for, that might be... Um, that may be what you, what you want to look into. Is that also a 2017 game? Mm-hmm. Stay I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. So many games. I think this so. It's a good year for games. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> we'll pretend well, it we'll is check. anyway. There's a lot yes. of really cute yes, little costumes you can unlock for your uh, serial killer, too, in it. Beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. I'll have to check it out. Mm-hmm. And they're free! Um, Woo! Yeah. You brought up Madden. Another as another reason as to why you bought the Xbox. Did you guys play Madden 18, the new one? Uh, I did not play Madden. I, I have not played Madden yet. Oh. Um, but uh, it's but Shada has it, and I probably should actually play it. Have you played Madden 18? I have not, but Patrick did, and it was his most disappointing game. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh snap! Uh, I just thought see, it was so like see, poetic that you brought the that most up. disappointing game of the year award will go to the game. That got the most fails in the year. Now I'm gonna see Patrick tomorrow, so I'll ask him why specifically. Excellent, so I can give excellent. You the report. But I haven't played it. I like 17. I think they're getting too complicated. Mm. These video games, but uh, mm. that was that. Um, Ali, most disappointing game you changed yours to IDK my BFF Jill, which I do love very much. But... I've just been thinking about that ad a lot this last like two weeks. It's my answer you know to everything. I... You know what ad I've been thinking about a lot lately is the old Sears air conditioning commercial. Oh my god, you said you'd call them today, <laughs> or like you I'll said you'd tomorrow. call them. I call tomorrow. You'll call now. I'll call now. I'll call, I'll call now. <laughs> that is a good one. What does the weather report say today? Another scorcher? <laughs> cool. Anyway, uh, sorry, everyone. Uh, I really couldn't think of anything to now, I'm gonna, specifically. 
Yeah, well, you did write Legend of Zelda before, <laughs> so I'm going to call back to that. Um, oh. And the only reason I, isn't because I, I want you to have to explain yourself, but because I wanted to say that going into this year, Zelda, we'll talk again, I'll talk more about it and gush, gush, gush about it, but as I played, as I played it, I did realize, though, a lot of times there are games that are... Obje- I mean, reviewing things is... In, inherently subjective yes yes Mm -hmm. anybody who thinks you can make an objective review is the reason why there is a cancer in our community right go on right (laughs) holy god well now that you've you've set me up for failure my 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 oh my god what is this suck in my throat i don't go to kotaku or crap and you may disagree with me then based on this point (laughs) that i'm about to make yes sometimes a game comes out and it is more unanimously decided that it's a good game, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And when I, while it's not objective, there are games that there um, there are obje- there are qualities of games that are not more objective, but like game feel is really good, graphics are really good, and more people can get behind music or things like that. So it's oh, not no, no, it's like... not objective so much, but it's like. Taste is subjective, but yeah. consensus, but consensus is also real. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there is no like uh, the reason why I push back on the whole like objective subjective stuff is is that like in the whole GamerGate cancer thing, people are talking about like right. objectivity. Right. It's like no, re- right. reviewing is a subjective right. thing. However, when you review, a you listen to a reviewer because you respect their opinion, but b oftentimes reviewers exist in a community and exist with a, and exist within a hobby. And there is generally consensus around, and consensus oftentimes forms around things. Now, yeah. there's also things that where the consensus is not necessarily there, and that's where you get some that. But there's still qualities that certain people glom onto, and thus you get cult classics. Some of like the greatest things that we've ever, some of the greatest games, movies, books, etc., were stuff that people just did not get when they came out, yeah. and then a consensus formed around them. As time went on and people reevaluated it, so yes, I guess I guess what I'm saying is is that like taste is subjective, but consensus is also right. is also real. Uh, like as yeah. they said in the beginning. Uh, all this to say, with this awkward setup, that in many cases in the past when I talk about a game on a list that I I strongly agree with, it's hard to understand why somebody would disagree. Mm-hmm. In the case of Zelda, though, um, and I know you removed it, Allie, but in the case of Zelda. I can I can totally understand the entire time I'm playing it why you wouldn't like it or why you would I mean find it it's not that I didn't like it it's just yeah. I it's still a really good game like I don't yeah. I don't know if I had to give it a number I'd give it a high number yeah. I just felt yeah. like I played a few I played other things this year that I liked more yeah yeah and like when I think about it like I think the systems in Horizon Zero Dawn are much better than than like a Zelda or, or something like that, but for whatever reason, like the exploration and like the playstyle of Zelda really stuck with me. But I can totally get why, kind of they've everything that is so Zelda about Zelda was kind of done poorly mm-hmm. <laughs> in Breath of the Wild. Like dungeons aren't very great. The I I think the voice acting is hot garbage. Oh God, it's so bad. Um, and the story is pretty much non-existent. Like everything that's Zelda about that game is not good almost. But the other things are, are so great. But I, you know, I, I can just see both sides, and I just wanted to call that. Anyway. I just don't want to get flamed and say that I hated yeah. the Zelda. I yeah. didn't no, hate just the Zelda. It just, it just no, wasn't the best thing since sliced bread. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. on the flip side, I think I can speak for everyone else in the cast alley. Not that you won't do this yourself, but you're a busy person with a job. Um, that if anyone does flame you over hating Zelda, we will punch them in the face oh, individually. Thanks. That's right. Like, you know the I Jay agree. and Silent Bob strike back where they literally go and, like, track down everyone who says a negative thing about them about the internet? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what's going to happen if people come oh, for thanks. you. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Well, anyway, my most disappointing game was ukulele. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, oh crap! I forgot that game came out too. Yeah, I didn't I don't know even. How I didn't even play that. That looked like hot garbage. Well, you know, the only reason I remembered it is because I was I created this category as I was scrolling through the list of the games that came out, and I forgot that the game came out. Saw it on the Wikipedia list that I sent everybody, or that was included on the uh, spreadsheet rather, and um, I just remembered like how horrible. That truly was. U- <laughs> Ukulele was a game that tried to sell itself on nostalgia for yeah. old rare games. And a lot of people bought it based on that. Nostalgia does not mean it was a good game. And it was the old team. A lot of yep. it was the old team that built the old banjos. Mm-hmm. Same um, composer, Grant Kirkhope. It was touted for years because they had the Kickstarter which I backed, mm-hmm. and then waited years with constant updates for. I mean, there's a lot of hype going into this, and it was just... It wasn't, like, quote-unquote bad. It just fell flat, to, at least to me. Um, and for that, it's my most disappointing game. Tristan. Yes. Without going into... Without, without going into touching full, full on the boxes. What was your most disappointing game? My <laughs> most disappointing game was Battlefront 2. And here's why. Without <laughs> going into loot boxes. Oh, shit. So, so Battlefront 1. Battlefront 1 was a game that... So, despite the lack of content, because there was a definitive lack of content in Battlefront 1, Battlefront 1 had moments where you really felt like you were in a Star Wars movie. Like, you were a stormtrooper assaulting the rebel base on Hoth, and there were snow speeders flying overhead, and you were running around the legs of AT-ATs, and you were shooting rebels, or you were playing the rebels, you were fighting off, and the AT-ATs were getting closer and closer, and the sound and the music and the graphics were, like, on par. And when Battlefront 2 was announced, when Battlefront 2 was announced, they were like, okay, we've heard the feedback, and there was hope. There was a... God damn it, I've got the fucking hiccups again. But there was a glimmer of hope. A to, new hope? Sort of. If you would. That, okay. Maybe they'll fix the balancing issues. Maybe there'll be more content in launch. Hey, they announced that all the DLC would be free this time. Cool. That's a good step forward. And then the piece of shit they crammed down our throats and it's hard to be taken seriously when you've got the hiccups but I'm going to try and even the game that came out after the whole loot box controversy was still a boring grind and was still very very much had the pay to win aspects still in it and they obviously learned absolutely nothing like it was like okay yeah cool you can play as a clone trooper during the during the prequels cool 
hey, there'll be a single player campaign. Great. Single campaign, single player campaign turned out to be buggy, boring, predictable, and only six hours long. Okay, okay. It's just there was so much hope for a good Star Wars game, especially going into year where we got another main installment Star Wars movie. Which we talked about in a different podcast. That's right. The last podcast. The pre- wink, wink. Podcast. Because, wink, we wink totally, because we totally aren't recording this one first and saying that it's... <laughs> <laughs> that we already recorded the last Jedi uh, podcast. Like there, there was a lot of hope going into this. And EA just totally showed that they totally deserve the title of worst company in America. And that they don't deserve the Star Wars license. And I Tristan, still hold, have the Hold your nose, hiccups. swallow, do whatever you gotta None do. None of this help. None of this help. It'll just subside on its own given time. I know this is gonna be pain in the ass for you to edit. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I'm just gonna leave it all in because I'll forget <laughs> about it. All right. Um, so, so yeah, I think we've uh, we've all gotten our disappointment out of the way. What's next? Something undisappointing, which oh. is music. Ooh. Ooh. All right, Mister Bandman. Why don't you lead us off? All right. Why? Thank you, Bear. You're welcome. His music is beautiful and melodious. <coughs> so Allie and I picked the same game for this. Nice. Um, and that game is Persona 5. Teenagers doing crimes. De- doing crimes and doing crime. times. So, so I will say that Persona 5 was originally on there until I tried to enact my each game shows up once. Yeah. Rule. yeah. I, I did not give myself that rule. Horizon Zero Dawn is on here a lot of times. I yeah. couldn't give myself that rule, so uh, yeah. <laughs> Why, Bear? Does Wolfenstein perhaps have your favorite soundtrack of the year? <laughs> you know, as funny as it, this is going to sound awful, but um, the techno, the uh, was it the techno hatchet? I'm actually. Yes. Um, I'm actually in terms of this is going to sound weird, but uh. I gotta say that my most disappointing game of the year might actually have the best music. Oh, yeah. Simply because it has the original Friday the 13th creepy Jason, um, creepy Jason soundtracky music, and it's really affecting. Now, it's terrible that it's in a buggy, hard to play, like, not intuitive thing, but as Jason gets closer, you continue to get that Friday the 13th soundtrack. Yeah. So yeah, that that actually you would say the most disappointing game. Um, yeah, but I I'm sure if I actually played through Persona Five more, um, I would definitely uh, I probably put that in there. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing that most comes into mind in terms of, like the thing where music affected me the most. So there's a great podcast I listen to called Rebel FM, mm. and um, they have a, a yearly music gaming episode for like three and a half hours. It's three and a half hours long. They just cover music, and I highly recommend people check it out. But anyways. Yes. When I was picking the best music, I jumped back and forth between a lot. Yeah. And, and it really came down to um, Persona 5 and Zelda. And <coughs> Zelda... Of course it was. Yeah. <coughs> Zelda has great music for the atmosphere. It's a little more sparse mm-hmm. um, in a lot of places when you're out in the world. But it has, in my opinion, really, really good music. But when I think about the music in Persona 5, I think about the fact that I spent hundreds of hours playing this game or over 100 hours playing this game with a relatively small soundtrack. Mm-hmm. 
and like from the moment I turned it on for the first time to the end, like I didn't get old. Yeah. Like hearing uh like the battle music was always good and exciting. The relaxing oh. music when you're in your house. Um, Dude, the the theme when you're making your final run yep. on a dungeon for the treasure. Yeah. You cannot help but get pumped while that's yeah. playing and you're yeah. like, Yeah, yeah, I'm running through the dungeon. I got my cool like Phantom Thief swagger going on. Yeah. Would you say this. it's like better run through the dungeon? Yeah. <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> um, it's just, and it and it all has so much style and it's also unique to Persona Five okay. and that's why I picked it for this it's list. That, it's that sweet, sweet acid jazz <laughs> feel that's got going through the whole thing. But I also really liked the music, the the soundtrack that both Tristan and Patrick picked, which mm-hmm. is Cuphead. Mm. So I got a choose. cut for her hand. His yep. brother's well, got a bug for her hand. They to, shoot bullets out of their fingers, I think. I don't know. It's a hard game for hard people. I'm a pleb. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have to pick between either giving Persona 5 another spot or finding some place on the list to mention Cuphead. And I decided to, to mention Cuphead. Um... If only because Cuphead has the perfect soundtrack for its aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Because Cuphead is based entirely upon the cartoons of the 30s and 20s. Especially the style of... Uh, oh. oh my fucking god, these goddamn <laughs> hiccups. Um, uh. Especially so, they're especially based on the style of... Um, <laughs> the style of what, Tristan? <laughs> <laughs> gonna murder you Sorry. someday. <laughs> um, I can't remember the name of the studio, but but while it's inspired by kind of the steampunk Willy Dis- early Disney stuff, it's talking about the Flusher. The Flusher. Yes, yeah. thank you, the Flusher Studios. Um, but the whole soundtrack to Cuphead is based around the that twenties and thirties kind of semi swing, semi like startings of pop almost yeah and for it has so many unique tracks for each yeah. individual encounter that kind of kind of goes with it perfectly it's just like spot on <laughs> Tristan I Perfect. like your new like lip kiss move thing you do it's interesting <laughs> uh, it's so it's so perfectly spot on and like I said had I had I personally made the choice but more to have games available for more than one category I probably would have given this to Persona 5 yeah as it is I chose to put cut and on the list because I felt it was deserving of at least some award nice and I, just, I'm gonna, I am going to take that in transition because the next category is best looking game and the game I picked was Cuphead <laughs> <laughs> actually uh, Patrick picked it as well so he picked it for both music and best looking. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite. I like the music in Cuphead, but I just I picked it for best looking, um, for the reasons you mentioned. I mean, the art style is amazing. The animation is it's hand drawn, sane. Yeah, it's, it's all it's, it's all actually hand-drawn. all hand drawn. Um, it's not a graphical powerhouse, that, as you might expect, but its art style is the animation so is good. wonderfully smooth. That it's it's a super well animated game. That follows its aesthetic to the letter. 
And I mean, to be fair, one thing that I'll say in terms of like good-looking games and stuff is that like a good art direction can make up a huge uh, can, can save you so much money. Oh yeah. Um, like you don't need to have like the latest and the latest and greatest in graphics yeah. if you have good art direction to make it work. I mean, so, that's why so, Shadow of the Colossus still looks great. So it's great art direction. Fun fact. If you look at the past, games that tried for ultra-realism back in their day aged terribly. But yeah. games that tried for a particular aesthetic aged beautifully. Right. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder why that could be. Maybe because actually putting in the effort actually pays off in the long run. Just look at Okami. That is a PS2 game. Yeah. Okami is a game that came out for the PlayStation 2. And has been released for the Wii. Was released, updated for the PS3. And has recently been released, updated for the PS4. And still looks absolutely gorgeous. And I would almost argue that games like that, when they got upscaled and changed, almost look get worse by result. I think a great example is the Wind Waker HD. Oh yeah, mm. that kind of overdid it with a lot of visual effects when it wasn't broken in the first place. Mm-hmm. So don't fix it. Right. Or how about the Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil yeah. re-release for PS4? Sure. So you have the original Resident Evil. They did the Resident Evil remake for GameCube. Yeah. Which was a huge, huge upscale and huge improvement. All they did to bring it to the PS4 was they upscaled the graphics. Yeah. To the higher resolution. That's all they have to do. And that game still looks better than a lot of other other modern games. Yeah. Because the art direction was on point. Yeah. Now, uh, Allie, mm-hmm. you picked Horizon Zero. <laughs> yeah. I did. Um, yeah. Well, here's the thing. You, funny you bring up art direction, Tristan, because to me that's part of the reason why I like the art, why I like how this game looks so much, is even though it's going for a really realistic look, if you look at it, it's it takes specific colors and tones and plays with those. Because a lot of the themes and the stories in that game you know, go to pretty dark and not comfortable places, but there's a certain... <laughs> brightness to everything even in the darker areas like you'll see things peppered with like oranges and purples and blues there's a especially anything that's from having to do with the robots a lot of purples Mm. blues and oranges and just also the plant life is very vibrant and lush and actually with the dlc they kind of did the opposite and went for like well not opposite but like really focusing on making the environment look really good with the snow and whatnot Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's one of the few things where I wish, man, I wish I could afford to play things in 4K because the things yes. I've heard about yeah. how this game looks in 4K is amazing. I mean, I'll, I'll go as far as to say I, I think Horizon Zero Dawn might be the best looking console video game I've ever, I've ever played. Like, just graphically. Like, it, it looks... And a lot of that might have to do with the art style, like you said, but it just looks, like, so good. I was actually... I'm, I'm trying to plow through right now and um to catch back up on it and like just walking to some of these new areas and just exploring it you know just like reflecting back on like when you first uh, go get to meridian and just like how gorgeous the the whole thing mm-hmm. is and, you know the, the like, spire the spire is absolutely amazing and i i again the thing is like it goes for that realistic look 
but it has a sense of what it wants its world to look like where it's not like well it's the future and here's a jungle with some animals in it like the same could be said for the last of us like you can look at a screenshot from the last of us of just the environment and say well that's the last of us because it has these key aspects and colors and tones to it and Mm -hmm. i really like that about horizon Um, it's real, real pretty. It's real. I want to ride a dinosaur robot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And like the dinosaurs have like the cool glowy bits that are all yellow and different colored. And it's just really nice. Yeah. It's a shame I got to murder him, but I got to do it (laughs) to get their bits. Vera, your best looking game. Probably Wolfenstein. (laughs) (laughs) See, me and Vera are predictable, and sometimes being predictable is super good. Uh, But it all seems like, I mean, all the screenshots I've seen of Horizon, of Horizon Zero Dawn, it looks gorgeous, so it's probably that. Um, (laughs) It's probably that, but. Yeah, yeah. But let's just go with Wolfenstein. Let's just go with Wolfenstein. There's nothing more beautiful than, like, flying Nazi limbs. (laughs) And compared to the New Order, they moved the new colossus the doom engine mm-hmm. so yeah it should be i haven't gotten the new colossus yet i'm still in new order but it should look significantly better yeah lots of flying limbs so really quick what was my choice you don't remember what your choice was i did not what do you think it was tristan it's what really you, late i'm sorry what would you what would you say if i she didn't tell you what this was around, what yeah. your best looking game was for this year uh, i was telling you to go stuff yourself and i'll just look it up this way because i've got internet access no i'll just tell you uh, it's Guilty Girl Exerd Rev. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> so I did I did contemplate putting Wolfenstein in this position um, because there's nothing more gorgeous than a corpse of dead Nazis <laughs> than a mound of dead Nazi bodies. They, they do mound. They do mound very nicely. Um, then I remember that Guilty Gear Exerd Revelations 2 didn't manage to come out this year, so it wasn't contender. And that game, oh my god, that fucking game is gorgeous. If you haven't seen the new Guilty Gear, hell, look at, if you want to see what the Guilty, new Guilty Gear engine can do, because, surprise, it's actually the Unreal 4 engine. Oh, really? Yeah. Guilty Gear Exert and everything made out of it is made in the Unreal 4 engine. Huh. Uh, the, so the story is that uh, Team Red... Got the guys from Epic out before the first uh, Guilty Gear Exert came out. I was like, okay, we just want to show you what we've done with your engine. Just to get, So, like, if there's something you can see we can make better, you know, you can give us a heads up because you're the guys who wrote the engine. So the guys from Epic sat through, saw what Team Red had done, and the story goes that their response to Team Red was, what black sorcery did you work to make our engine do this? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It is. So Guilty Gear, the Guilty Gear XR games are beautiful, cel-shaded, 3D models. Yeah. Done anime style. In a 3D world for a 2D fighter. And the way they utilize that is through camera work. So, when you pull off a special move and the camera zooms in to, like, showcase the animation stuff, it's not a cutscene. 
that's all happening in engine with your actual sprite because the sprite actually has that layer of detail attached to it and it's all being done in real time in engine and it's beautiful like like hold on hold on let me get <laughs> well we'll look we can look we'll it look up at it in a second. we'll look at it later but like they've even gone so far as to work with like as to work with like shading and um like shading and shadows and stupidly in-depth character stories and the other thing about that game too the others that I want to put on there was that there was a bunch of DLC for it including story DLC that came out that was a free update and some of it was very silly but still greatly appreciated but oh my god that game oh my god that game get to gear exert you wish you played is the next category on our list. Clearly Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're that, not alone. That was friend. mine. That was mine. So Tristan also picked that one. Do you want to say anything more about that? Or? So I really wish I had had a chance to play Horizon Zero Dawn this year, but it came out at the same time as like Breath of the Wild and Persona 5. And I was like, I have to pick one. And I'm sorry. But the anime wife was the Persona 5 went out. And to be fair, Persona 5 is like right behind that in terms of it. But uh, I mean, my weakness for redheaded archery chicks will always <laughs> win the day. So you really like the movie Brave, did you? That girl is underage, yeah. sir. Sorry. 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 Not going there, not going there, not going there. Not going there. It's not okay. Going there. Not, going there. not going there. Not going there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what about you, Allie? What was your favorite one? Uh, that would be Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, yeah. actually. I just yeah. mm. never really got around to playing it. And from everything I heard, first of all, it's a beautiful looking game from what I've seen, especially considering the price that you could that you buy it at, $30, for what is essentially like a AAA built game is fucking amazing. And I wish they all cost thirty dollars, because then I would have been able to play more games this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a huge. I mean, I feel like the list of games that I wish I played is longer than the games of game. The list of games I actually did play. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. This year. No, same. But um, the thing about that game is, like, I had just been. Oh, sorry, Tristan. No, he's just yelling from the other room. Oh. Go ahead, Allie. Um, the thing about that game is, I had just been following it for a while, and. Yep. I just kind of never got around to it, which was sad because I really thought the concept behind it was really interesting, especially considering that, you know, they did supposedly work pretty closely with professionals about, like, the, you know, about psychosis and what it's like to live yeah. with psychosis. Yeah. Well, so I was reading an interesting, actually, I was reading the Giant Bomb at Best of the Year articles where they ask a whole bunch of, like, mm. people in the industry to give their top ten games. And um, a guy who used to work for GameSpot, Kevin Van Ord, um, wrote about it. I think he made it as number one, if not like as number two or three. Oh, cool. But what, but what he said is that apparently he suffered from the same kind of psychosis. Mm. And he was he was saying that, like, you were talking earlier about Night in the Woods being hard because we can all relate to it in our, you know, our 20s. Um, the... His experience with that game, he said, was extremely accurate and like made it really hard for him to finish. Like it took him days and days and days to finish the game because even though it's a short game, he had to stop playing 
every so often and just walk away from it for like a day because it was like too much for him to take. Mm, so. Yeah. What's the What's the name of this game again? Uh, Hellblade, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. It's by Ninja Theory, who did um, nice. Enslaved and Heavenly Sword, um, Heavenly Sword which, <gasps> God, I was not to go on a giant tangent because God forbid I go on a tangent. Um, I mean, you have the right I think, to I think we owe it to you. <laughs> yeah. I think we owe it to you at this point, Allie. Go right ahead. Oh, just like, I was thinking about that game a lot uh, a couple months ago and just how underrated it is in terms of story and character because the thing that Ninja Theory is so good at is character. Like, Especially the villain, fucking Andy Serkis was amazing in that game. And the film version did not... There was a really crappy movie version that came out of that game. And it was... Like, they didn't, you know, go into the game and say, Hey, we have already really well-made cutscenes and great acting. Let's just use that and then add to that. No, they made and went their own stuff. And it was so bad. Wait, Andy Serkis was in what? Hellbl in a Heavenly Sword. Yeah, oh, but he was. there was a there was a live action. No, movie it was a, it Heavenly was an animated Sword? movie. But it sucked. Yes. Yeah. It, it sucked. I'm sorry. It was, it was very bad. Mm, wow. So yeah. But yeah, no, they're so just we... a very interesting studio who like doesn't quite get their moment to shine, and so I was really happy to see that Hellblade was so well received because it seemed like again one of these real big labors of love and the fact that it's a by all accounts a beautifully made and well executed game for the price that it is i feel like anytime anybody argues games need to be 60 dollars, i just want to shove that in their face be like no good, they don't good here's a game worth the 60 dollars. that's only 30 yeah <laughs> yeah and it's only 30 hmm so, with that in mind, um, is it, do, do we get through everything? What did Pat say he wanted to play? Pat wanted to play Mario Odyssey. Mario's and good shit. I, and now that I've played it, I can tell you, yes, sir, you should absolutely play that. Oh, yeah. As fucking soon as you possibly can. Anyway. Great. Um, my, game, my game, I wish I played. So, I had a ton. Of course. <laughs> and most of them were like games like Hell, Hellblade, which I didn't add in my list here. But I have like a short list of games like Night in the Woods, What Remains of Edith Finch, Hollow Knight. I really want to try a player in those battlegrounds. I just want to see what all the fuss is about. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of people listening to this are probably surprised to not see that anywhere in any of our lists. <laughs> I, yeah. It just is, it's not yeah. my cup of tea. Yeah, it's, I just don't think I really don't think I would have fun yeah, with it. It's it's a yeah. buggy pedestrian mess. <clears throat> yeah. Well, my game I wish I played is very specifically chosen, and it's Resident Evil Seven. Mm. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, Which also yeah. came out this year, by the way. Yeah, I know. I also Holy wanted shit. to play that. What a year. Yeah, shit. That was back yeah. in, like, what, I January? Really, <coughs> yeah, yeah I am really sad that RE7 did not make a place on my list. Yeah. So RE7, um, the reason I put it on my list as the game, the number one game I wish I played is because I watched pretty much the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's because I was too scared to, like, actually play the game. <laughs> oh, no. It's okay. So hey, I've got I'm a, a PlayStation VR. Yeah, definitely right not here. a VR. Yeah, no thanks, man. Uh so I was too afraid, so I just kind of watched a lot of it. So I've already seen all the beats, and because of that, I can't ever really like get the full experience. Like I know what's going to happen, true, um, in a lot of in a lot of places. But uh, I wish I had just like sucked it up, and I would have been, I would have had the crap scared out of me for a solid however many hours. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that was the game I wish I played. Best waifu. Next all category. right, here we we're go. almost done. We're almost done. This is second to last category. 
Um, I bet the whole everybody listening is like grinding their teeth trying to determine like, what the last. Oh my god, is. who's it gonna be? Yeah. <laughs> who, who's gonna pick whom? What's it gonna come down to? Am I right? Um, <clears throat> so I'll just get mine out of the way because it's not really best wife who I kind of chickened out on this one a little bit. It's okay. Um, and that is the Nintendo Switch. I chose that as my. As I mean, Switch. you know, it's portable. You can slip sleep with it in your bed if you want. That's, and, and these are the reasons why I picked it, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although my girlfriend isn't portable. Uh, <laughs> you can lift her up, though. I can lift her up, but you know, it's pretty small. <laughs> yeah. I can lift her up. It's not the same. I can't put her in my hand. This so. is true. Thank um, goodness. The Nintendo Switch is uh, a better. Well, in your hand would still be better than a part of your hand or a place in your hand. Ah, Midori days. Uh, There's a good old anime series. Stop it, Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> it's only gonna get weirder from here, folks. Oh now, yeah, you have to I hear know. his explanation we're, about best. We're in too. bizarre waifu we territory were, now. Okay, and we were uh, promised perversion earlier. So, in the, so, uh, so Dan, do we want Ali or Tristan's choice? First, Let's I, I want to choice first. I want to wait as long as I possibly can for you, so I'll, I'll hmm. pass the bear. I'm not. Sh- let me let me think on this one. Uh, I mean, Anya is great, uh, but she's 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 an absolutely lovely woman in Wolfenstein. <laughs> um, she holds she holds that shit down. Um, hey, she fights Nazis while pregnant. Yeah, that's a point in her book. A heavily point in book. Uh, so definitely marriage material. That being said, I mean, every still I've seen in, in from Horizon Zero Dawn, the protagonist looks gorgeous. So I'm just gonna go with that and hey, I mean, blame Tamora Pierce and uh, and in her in her books. They yeah, I was I'm a sucker for redheaded fighting women. Um, I'll quickly note that Patrick picked Zelda. Nice. Hey, she did have those yoga pants in Breath True. of the Wild. Let's be honest. Breath of the Wild. Tradition, tradition. And, <laughs> and, and like every other character in the game, one of the worst voice voices ever. Anyway. Oh, so aggravating. I don't know if it's the voice acting or the lines they have to deliver, Link. but it's bad. Link, help. Yeah. 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 Seriously, that's that's actually like a eerily good impression. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're traumatizing me, Allie. Were, Thanks. Were you the I... voice actress? I apologize. No, no just... I was uh, Ryuk in no, the live Allie's, action Death Note. Allie's not yeah. British enough. <laughs> the live action Death Note. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that was a podcast we did, we did on a its podcast own. Episode on. Oh, I never saw the live action Death Note. You're better off. We'll do it and then listen to our podcast. Yeah. Excellent. Um, what? Allie, mm-hmm. who's your best waifu? Best um, waifu, So, now that I'm thinking about all the ladies in Zelda, I want to just give an <laughs> honorary mention to the best girl in Zelda, which is Urbosa. Yeah. Actually, no. I lied. It's a tie between Urbosa and Paya. <laughs> and I'm really mad that the art book for Breath of the Wild doesn't show us Paya's birthmark. <laughs> <laughs> it's on her. It's somewhere. It's on, it's on her butt. Yeah. yeah. It, it's somewhere she can't show. It's on her butt. But um, number one best best girl 2017 was Haru from Persona 5. Yes. And if you want more information on that, we have the lovely Persona 5. Still one of our most popular Podcast. podcasts ever. Yeah. Which had a whole section devoted to best girl. Yep. So, now we come to me. Tristan's Allie, garbage Allie, pick. Allie, Allie, is there anything? Is there anything else you want to add to your pick before we 
relinquish control to Tristan um, <laughs> and his perversions. <laughs> Just, no, they're I mean, not my perversions. As a character, like she was the one I was most interested in in terms of meeting as a party member and I'll just always be really sad that we didn't get as much time with her in game as some of the other party members because she's just a really nice person she's who so likes flowers precious. and likes to make coffee and is just a good human being and, she's and has gonna be, soft and hair. she's going to be best friends with Sojiro and, and she's going to have her own cafe. She's just real, real good. She's a good she's That sounds weird. Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm more cut sake. that out, Dan. Dan, when you're <laughs> editing right. this, cut that part so, out, please. Okay. So Thank during you. this last section, I brought a new bottle of sake to the table because <laughs> I knew they were going to need it. So now it's my turn. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You're your absolute garbage fanboy, Tristan. Here he is clutching a glass of whiskey in his claws. It's actually amaretto. Oh, um, even better. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh, so good. That's my gentleman's tuple. Okay, Anyways. give us what we want. Okay. Come on, pull it out. So, first I had a hard time deciding because there were a lot of anime waifus this year. But I'm like, no, no. No, no. We got to focus on gaming. And there were a lot of gaming waifus this year. But I'm like, you know, I haven't really gone through enough of Breath of the Wild because I only recently got a Switch and only recently got Breath of the Wild and I haven't actually completed it yet. So I don't really feel like I have enough of a grounding there to make a decision on that. So I was thinking, well, you know, there are all the ladies in Persona 5. But then I was thinking, hmm, what what female gaming character has probably had the most impact in terms of, like, cosplay and fandoms and stuff like that this year? And then it became totally obvious. It would have to be to be... From Nier Automata. Um, especially because my choice is very much vindicated by Yoko Taro, the series creator. So to give you an idea. So Yoko Taro, <laughs> this man, I'm going to raise a glass to this man for living the pimp life as a game developer. Mm. What? what? Oh, no, no, no. Let me, let me, let me, let me. <laughs> um... So Yoko, so after Nier Automata came out, Yoko Taro was asked in an interview a whole bunch of questions. One of them was like, okay, so 2B, she's a combat android. We get that. Why does she wear high heels? Like, why is her design so, so like that? And Yoko Taro was like, well, you know, there's all these different things with aesthetics, and we want to go with, like, this particular aesthetic here. And then it's like, as for the high heels, I just really like girls. That was Yoko Taro's actual response to that question. Later on, on Twitter, uh, someone brought to his attention, Hey, Yoko Taro, there is a lot of Rule 34 of 2B out there. Like, a lot of it. Yoko Taro was like, what, what, what do you think about that? Yoko Taro was like, that's, that's ridiculous. I cannot believe this. Someone should get all this Rule 34 together and send it to me, preferably in a format like a zip, so that I can share it out every week. What? Yeah. Yoko Taro was like, no, no. Please gather the Rule 34 of 2B and please send it to me so that I can compile zips of this Rule 34 that I can hand out to the community on a weekly basis. 
And this is why this man wears a mask. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because I would punch it in the face and punch his face. Well, but, but, in, but, but in, a time, in a time where, like, Blizzard's like, oh my god, there's a lot of porn of our characters. We should probably be really concerned. Or, um... You're not going to stop the Overwatch board. Or, Overwatch or, has porn for everyone. Any body type, any or, to any gender, it's there. There was someone. Overwatch. There was someone last year, like some developer who railed against Rule Thirty Four of his characters, in something who was like genuinely offended by the fact that people were making Rule Thirty Four of his characters. And here's Yoko Taro being like, "Just, just send it this way. It's cool." I mean, just, I think just, there's a lot to be said about going on the internet and vocally saying, hey, it's okay for you to make porn of this thing I made, but, and in well, ways that are not entirely positive, but that's a discussion for a different day, yeah. but that's better than well, Kojima saying, don't, don't make fun of the fact that she's naked. She breathes through her skin. You will be right, ashamed of your urgent well, deeds. And Barra, well, best... it really surprises me that you did not realize sooner that Kojima was an absolute pervert because he's always oh, he's been a pervert. Totally no, no, I said that he was a pervert. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. That's that's what I mean. I've, I've always, no. I thought it was surprise. I didn't well, know it's... that. I thought that everyone knew that Kojima was a pervert. Oh, forever. I see what you meant. I yeah, see what you meant. That's, that's what I. That my my Kojima my Kojima rat was like. How yeah. could anybody be yeah. more of a pervert yeah. than right. Kojima? Because Tristan's Kojima the, uh... is like an out and loud pervert at all times. Tristan well, was the offender. Well, here's here's the th- oh, in my opinion, Yoko Taro's position on two B is the best thing we've had since the developer from Platinum. Went vocally spoke out on Bayonetta. I was like, no, no, no. She's a sexualized character. It's cool you guys are making, are doing this of her. Just you're, she's a dom, not a sub, guys. Right. Come on. Um, <laughs> but the big reason I picked two B was a because I thought Nier Automata deserved more places, um, but mostly because of the sheer amount of absolutely gorgeous cosplayers we have got in cosplaying as her which has warmed my heart immensely being the only single member of this podcast who is still single if you know what i mean um i mean anytime you want us to set up your tinder profile we could do this man don't even get me started on setting up tinder and the desire to do that anyways i'm just saying it's within your control though i will say that for near automata it came down very close to the wire between 2B and her operator, who is adorably girl thirsty. <laughs> Alrighty then. So, so in Nier Automata, each of the battle units who are either a B for battle or S for scout, so 2B is the second battle unit, mm-hmm. have operators who are managing them and coordinating them from the space station. Uh, I believe 2B's operator is 9 9-0? 11-0? I'll have to double check on that. It's all a video number. game, like Star Roche until the end of time. But, Statue but of limitations of, on spoilers over for that one. But um, one of the early conversations you have with your operator is she's distraught because she expressed her love to another operator and it was shut down. All the operators are female. Oh. Female androids. And you cheer her up by finding pictures of flowers on Earth and sending them back to her. 
And she is she is a precious Two B's operator is a precious lesbian flower. She it's so sweet. And her voice and her English voice actress does a really good job of being super adorable about it. It's like, oh. But but you spend more time with Two B and and Two B has more sort of character depth, which is why I chose her in the end. Alright, well, we have two bead and not to bead. What's the next category? <laughs> and that joke has not been made a thousand times. <laughs> so before hey. we before we get into the game of the year, which is obviously the last category. Oh, we're up to game of the year now. Yeah, that's it. Sweet. Chugging along. Chugging along. Wow, we're already there. I thought last category was <laughs> as, honorable mention. As he looks at the time on the podcast. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't really even see the time. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so... I think we want to start with honorable mentions, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to go from, because I love to hear myself talk, I'm going to go from left to right on the spreadsheet that I have where I'm first, and cool. so for honorable mentions, um, we picked one and then I picked a few others, so feel free to bring a bunch of them out, because I think there's a lot to, to talk about here. Um, the one I wanted to call out, because it's gotten some negative attention um, here, and it also doesn't have any representation elsewhere, is Destiny 2. I... For what it's worth and for what it is, the amount of time I did play it without using loot boxes and what have you, I had a lot of fun with it. And I had enjoyed my time mm. spending it with friends, going through the you know the strikes and the missions, and I played through almost the entire thing cooperatively online, and I really enjoyed my time there. Yeah. So I, I had a lot of fun with Destiny 2 through the story campaign. Yeah. And I and, and I, through the collaborative stuff until I reached the end game. And before the DLC right. came out, and and personally for my money, I think I it was well spent and a good value for the amount of enjoyment I got out of it. Um, elsewise on my honorable mention list, because I couldn't find a place for it, is Super Mario Odyssey, mm-hmm. which is incredible and everybody should play. Mm-hmm. If you have a, a Switch and you don't have a Super Mario Odyssey, I don't know what's wrong with you. Buy it. <laughs> so so here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say about the Super Mario Odyssey, is it's probably the best 3D Mario since Mario 64, which is the game it is closest to. I agree. I still like Galaxy series the oh best. My God. Gal- Galaxy is fucking amazing, but I, I really like the callbacks in Odyssey because Odyssey calls back yep. to, Odyssey, to Galaxy, Sunshine, and 64. <laughs> and it's kind of like a culmination of those into kind of its pure distilled form. The next game on my list, I only have two more. So the next game on my list, which I'm not super far into, admittedly, but um, one that I think people should give a chance if they haven't because it's kind of been burnt, run to the ground, is Assassin's Creed Origins. Mm. I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm having fun with the systems and the new combat and the open world. It's very un-Assassin's Creed, but it's a lot of fun. It's more akin to like a Zelda or a Horizon here at this my, point. Here are my two things on... Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins is one there is no why implement the RPG elements right like yeah it's a different game stuff. Yeah. Uh, also it felt really really like oh no we can't backtrack on systems so we have to find some way to work the same systems from later games into this game which is why your hawk is basically a drone from like Call of Duty yeah because we can't backtrack on systems, even though this game is a prequel. Yeah. Well, I haven't played one since two, so I was and I, I for 
I, I thought it was alone in this, but apparently a lot of people stopped playing after two. Oh, yeah. So I recommend it. Try, check this one out, maybe. It's cool. So, so the characters are good. The story's really, good. One was really good. A lot good. of people didn't play after Ezio? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, well a lot of people picked up. But... A lot of people picked up three and then dropped it at three. That's what I did. Because three was such garbage. But, like, Black Flag was a lot of fun. Well, here's the thing is that Black Flag isn't an Assassin's Creed game. It is yeah, a, a Pirates game. game wrapped in an Assassin's Creed cloak. Which is why people loved it. Which is why people loved it, because it's a pirate game. And I would I would extend the same effect to Origins, because it's it's very much like a Horizon Zero Dawn, or, now, granted, I think Horizon Zero Dawn and Zelda are much better games, so don't mishear me there, but Assassin's Creed Origins is more akin to those games, and I have, I'm having a lot of fun with it for that reason. Um, and then lastly, a game that I, I swear, like, in almost every positive category here, like was just behind mm-hmm. <laughs> other games uh, is Pyre, which I really enjoyed as well. Um, which is Super Giant, the guys who made Bastion mm. and uh, Transistor. Mm-hmm. Their game, uh, really great story, really great cast of characters, really cool world building and world. And the gameplay um, is basketball, <clears throat> right? <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, really, really great music as always with them. The music's oh, yeah. awesome. Um, really great art style. It's just a great game. I still think you should, if you really want a really good, like, basketball thematic game that isn't a basketball game, quote-unquote. I think I know what you're going to recommend, and I can't wait. Berkeley Shut yep. Up and Jam Bar- Biden. Barkley. Barkley Shut Up and Charles Jam Charles Barkley, yeah. Shut Up and Jam game, yeah. It's a, it's a top-down, like, Final Fantasy III-style role-playing game <laughs> set in the world of Space Jam. Like twenty years after the world has been destroyed it's like a fan game. by a make by a mega dunk from Charles Barkley. <laughs> what? <clears throat> he dunked right. so hard he ended the world. So I'm and not... B ball became illegal. <clears throat> wow. I'm done hijacking the time here. I apologize. I'll now switch over to Tristan. Cool. So my my big wait. Did you put your number one in? No. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Your game of the years last. Mm. So my honorable mention goes to Prey, which came out this year. Because Prey was Prey was a very interesting game. It had a lot of problems. And I've played through the entire game on our channel if you want to watch it. Um, but there were a lot of good ideas in it. Kind of like Bioshock in space. Like it had a lot of the same like Bioshock elements and there were a lot of really neat ideas in there. But there were some things that really held it back. So as a as, like, as an exercise in creativity, I think it's a really interesting watch. And it's one of those games that, like, you wouldn't rate it super high, but has so many interesting ideas that you should try it just to get it, kind of get the feel for it. Even though it isn't necessarily, like, game of the year material. Is there anything else you wanted to service that wasn't really talked about at all? No, I figured you guys would cover the stuff that I didn't have on my list, like Wolfenstein and everything else. Cool. That's why I, I figured I should put Prey in there, as I mentioned. Nice. Allie. Um, I have a couple, and the first one I'm going to mention is Gravity Rush 2, which came out in the beginning of this year, mm-hmm. which I haven't gone back and finished it. Um, but it's really fun. It's nice to be in that kind of setting again and the gravity powers are super cool it's kind of weird playing that game with a controller and not Mm. the vita which it's (laughs) i think the way it plays is 
better on a controller, but I really like the novelty of playing it the way it was played on the Vita. Um, on actually having games for the Vita? <laughs> oh. There's actually a lot of games for the Vita. Um, but anywho, just, and the other ones I want to mention lost. are um, uh, Yakuza 0, because that game mm-hmm. is just off-the-wall balls crazy. Yeah. So, so <laughs> like, the Yakuza you... series was almost my contender for game I wish I'd played. Just as a franchise. It's like, it's just like it can go from super serious, beautifully like acted and written, you know, serious stories about serious men doing serious crimes to wacky bullshit like running a host club. Oh yeah. Running businesses and doing oh, yeah. fucking karaoke mm-hmm. and pocket car racing. And then the other one I wanna mention is a mobile game, which is the Animal Crossing mobile game. It's just, like, it's nice to pull out, like, every now and then during the day and just, like, play around and, like, you know, for 10, 15 minutes, make friends with cute animals, make my campsite look cute. It's just, like, it's a nice little breath of fresh air. Awesome. Yeah, the Yakuza Yakuza series is literally a game that can go from... This terribly tense, dramatic moment where you are stopping someone's fucking head in because they owe you protection money to, hey, girls, let's all go to karaoke and see some songs. By the way, off topic, uh, Ali, that video you posted the other day of, like, the Shenmue real-life video game theater had me peeing my pants laughing. <laughs> it's it's you know. really good. Do you know where I can find some sailors? <laughs> <laughs> Really quick before I go to Barra, just kind of going through the list, Patrick picked Fortnite, and he was very specific. He said base game, and I think mm-hmm. what he means is there is a Battle Royale mode added yes. to kind of mimic PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds to the game yeah. later Which is on. what most people have been playing that right. I've been seeing online. It's, think think PUBG, but with crafting. Yeah. Um, I've been watching a lot of people play the Battle Royale mode of Fortnite, and the crafting element actually has a whole bunch of strategies. Like like being able to throw up a... Like someone surprises you with a shot and you immediately throw up a wall so you have cover around you because they missed the sniper shot which was just past your head. And now it's like, okay, do I push on them aggressively or do I keep building walls and run back to cover? Right. Uh, I think that is actually a game that benefits actually from having a battle royale mode. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I've been drinking a lot of stuff. Only some of it alcoholic, admittedly. Because um, actually, game I think it benefits from the Battle Royale mode because of its crafting systems and stuff. And the sheer variety of tactics that gives you. Hmm. Yeah. Vera. I don't really have any honorable mentions, but I think you know what my what my game of the year is. Well, let's <laughs> let's start. Let's go backwards. Let's start with you and go do game of the year. Uh, so yeah, game of the year is again broken record. Um, uh, it's it was is definitely Wolfenstein. I think even if I played a bunch of the other games, Wolfenstein would still be number one. Um, just again, it is topical. It's because the world is awful. Um, but also it's just it's it's a great combination of pathos and violence and also really like i've talked about like the story and the world and the political elements but 
I'll also say the game is hard as balls. Yeah. Like I didn't, I put it on like one step above like, you know, normal. It's like, oh, cause like basically there's two other steps yeah. of difficulty and then there's a ultra really difficult thing that you can't elect that. So I did the step below the two other steps of difficulty. It's like, okay, I know how to do a console. I know how to do a console, a shooter on a 360 yeah. like Halo. I'll get my feet under me, and then this will be mildly cha- and then this will be mild challenge probably through. The game is hard. Yeah, that's what I hear. It's so hard. You start out in a wheelchair in the beginning, <laughs> <laughs> and it just keeps on getting harder from there. And it is, it requires you to think very creatively. Um, it you have again like like Doom, um, uh, like the Doom remake. You do it's the old fashioned system where you can carry a bunch of guns and a bunch of ammunition. But it makes you it makes you actually think about how to use them. Like, okay, get into a good position to like snipe people out. Um, find a core. A lot of times you want to find a corner where you can just like get people to come to you, but they will also flank you. So you have to be like, okay, where is flanking stuff, etc. Using your explosive explosives can be a trump card, but they don't always work, and they're a bit tricky to deploy. Uh, Big props to handy-capable BJ Blazkowicz at the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's so hard. That is as handy-capable as you can get. So hard. Uh, But, yeah, it's uh, just like, so from from the mechanics, from the story, uh, from the world, uh, it's just from from the estates, from just like the sheer prettiness of it. uh, It's good. It's very good. It also is nice in that in addition to all the shooting stuff, there's a lot of quiet downtimey moments mm-hmm. in the game where you were just ta- where you were just like walking around interacting with objects talking to people mm-hmm. those are actually some of my favorite levels where where it's just like or parts of levels where it's just like you have this calm before the storm and you get a sense of the world that you're oh, in yeah. and then you're just like under mad assault once again oh, yeah. new or new colossus is a is a great game and it's definitely a game we needed this year yep like i said I feel it's not as good as New Order in terms of being a, a game, mm. in terms of like like plot arcs and stuff, which is why unfortunately it's not on my list. Right. It is still, however, a game you sh- if you haven't played it, you should totally play it. Very good. Give Bethesda that money. And speaking of which, Bear, from what you've told me so far tonight, you need to play Horizon. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think it'd be perfect for you. You need to and play it, New Order. It, New Order. And if you haven't played it, you have to play The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. From what you've told I've me. I've actually tonight. never played The Last of Us. Yeah. Oh, Barry, even you would though, really Even like though it. you're sitting yeah. here in flannel. Yeah. Like, I mean, I wear flannel. <sighs> uh, but Tristan, Wolfenstein did not make your list, but what made the top of your list? So my choice for Game of the Year, and it was a toughie. It was a tough one. But I have to give it to Persona 5. Mm. It was a game we were looking forward that For anyone who's a Persona fan, it was a game we were looking forward to for a very long time. Because it had been years since Persona 4. So we were very anxiously awaiting a new Persona game. The new Persona game did not let us down. In terms of music and character and story and gameplay, it was fantastic. Several, section, several aspects of the game were... Definite improvements over Persona 4, which is one of the best games of all time. The soundtrack was amazing. Like, everything, everything in Persona 5 was, like, perfectly on point and fantastic. 
And it was popular enough with people who were new to the series. That's the big thing. That it really solidified Persona as a, no, 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 this isn't a niche game anymore. Like, the Persona series is a actual proper game series, guys. And it deserves your respect. And Persona 5 earned that respect. If you had told me, like, a year ago that Persona 5 would pop... That Dan would be playing a Persona game all the way through. let's, Let's even go beyond that. If you had told me that Persona 5 or a Persona game would be, like, almost my favorite game of the year... In the year it would be released, I would have told you you were on crack. And, <laughs> and you would have been right! <laughs> not oh, only that, almost is... your game favorite game of the year in a year where a Zelda game came out. Not only yeah. a Zelda game, but a great Zelda game. Yeah. It's almost my favorite game of the year. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, uh, if it hasn't been obvious um, from conversation earlier, uh, I, nothing, nothing provided me with so much joy hours of entertainment and just like reminded me why i play video games like zelda breath of the wild this right. year i mean absolutely part of it is my zelda fanboyism <laughs> which is ironic because there isn't a whole lot of zelda in this zelda yeah if anything it's like the original zelda from 1987 right right which is, is having a lot of zelda yeah. in it um <clears throat> it's where the series started it's it's the it's the here's a world and you're dropped into it Go have fun. Yeah. Slay those Octoroks. Yeah. Fight the Moblins. <laughs> the closer I, I got to like... I can't wait to bomb some Dodongos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. Dodongo doesn't dislike smoke. Hint, hint. Yeah. <laughs> Throw the item in its mouth, the one you got in the dungeon. Okay. Um. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that was far... There wasn't even, like... I, I say Persona 5 was almost my game of the year. It was probably my second favorite game of the year, honestly. Um, but Zelda Breath of the Wild for me is, is was kind of mm-hmm. the easy the easy choice. Um, Excellent. Allie? Uh, if it wasn't already super obvious, it was Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn. <laughs> I was really hoping, considering some of us like threw down different things, and honest, I will say that some of it was a little bit of guilt that I was going to pick the same game for everything, you know? That, you know what? Le- you know what? Le- I, yeah. as somebody who's getting closer and closer to dying each day, <laughs> whether it be age or some sort of some sort of horrible food-related incident, I've come to realize that it's okay to be overly, you know, self-indulgent and shit. So if I'm gonna give a categ- a ca- categories to the same game over and over again. You bet your ass I will, because life is too short to be picky. I will never apologize for glorying in the death of Nazi times. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm over here like, thanks for checking it. I'm still a piece of garbage. I think Persona 5 is not a garbage game. I will say Persona 5 did come in very, 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 very close second, though. Persona 5, Mm -hmm. of course. Yes. So that's and Pat. What was Pat's one? Breath of the Wild. Nice, nice. So there was some overlap. Did you want to say other stuff about uh, about uh, about Horizon Zero Dawn, Alley? No, just this real good. It's real. Actually, <laughs> it's no. real good. Real one good. thing. One thing that I did want to mention was something that I hadn't talked about before. Was I also just really enjoyed the music? Yeah. Like it was just really, really nice music. Especially, like, the sort of main kind of theme that gets hummed every now and then during, like, 
you know, super important emotional parts. I don't know. There's just something about it that's really, really good. We well, see that that's really the trick is having variations on a main theme. Like in like in Battlefront Two, there's an there's a quarrel 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 whatever it is a, a vocal version of the Star Wars theme of the main like the main like Jedi theme through Star Wars done entirely through like acapella. Mm. This is a really slow, quiet, kind of sad song that is fantastic. Because it, it's sort of slow and mournful, but it's the main Star Wars theme. So it still has that sort of like uplifting mm-hmm. like beat to it. But it still has a really somber piece. It's in Battlefront 2 of all things. And I'm just like, why? Why is this one like gorgeous song in this terrible, terrible shit game? Because we all contain multitudes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, bringing it back to Battlefront 2. Bringing it back to Battlefront 2. Alright. Listen, I know our I know our listeners are probably tired of hearing of this. But that is actually a really good song. Well, they aren't too tired of it because most of your Battlefront 2 ranting is in, going to be in a separate podcast, right. which you should totally listen to because A, it's entertaining, but B, Dan's going to add in some patriotic melodies to go That's with what, it. That's what, episode 58.5 or whatever? Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. It'll be fun, guy. It'll be fun. Diggity, giggity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Does the Tristan any... Salt Podcast. So we, we've gone through a lot of good stuff. It was a great year for video games. Uh, Huge. With, uh, honestly, I, I, I don't well, want to understate it. The year I, started super strong. I don't want to understate this. The fact that one of the Resident Evil came out with a critically acclaimed amazing video game and Thank most of us thought about it Thank is amazing. God, um, they came out the, with Resident Evil 7. Yeah, but it's, it's amazing that like that happened and people and then everything else was just coming it's amazing that you know that, that you know like uh this is such a good game year for gaming and there was st- a, that you know there's a misfire of mass effect andromeda and people even forgot it existed because everything was so good because everything else by EA was so shit wait a minute wait a minute when did final fantasy 15 come out was that this year or last year last year last year okay okay thank god yeah no but it's a uh, <laughs> It was a great year for games. Hopefully 2018, we don't die. Right. Step one. Step two. Step one, let's not die from nuclear apocalypse. Right. Step two, may we have other excellent gamish. I'm, I'm still, I still got my fingers crossed for a new uh, Ace Combat with full VR support, which they've announced. The next Ace Combat game will have full VR support. I'm so looking forward to that. I just want Halo 6 not to suck. Oh, you're probably going to be disappointed on that front. Uh, no, five uh, was an awful travesty. Well, and... here, here's the problem. Here's the problem. So what happened was when Bungie left Microsoft, the haves left Microsoft, and the have-nots formed 343. Sadly, that is what happened. That the people who were actually like decent and good at their jobs and who had the real Bungie spirit left Bungie. Uh, left, left Microsoft to go with Bungie and did not save behind for 343 and 343 is made from the leftovers. And then Bungie signed a deal with Activision who have murdered the creativity of Bungie. That's the problem we're looking at. I mean, 343 did a decent job with 4 even though 4 did, didn't make a whole lot of sense but it was cogent. But 5 was just hot garbage that didn't feel like a Halo yeah. game. It felt like a Call of Duty game. 
Yeah, and I hope that it's I hope I want my split screen scope co-op and I want a decent story. That's There's, all I want out of fun Halo. Fun fact, fun fact they still haven't fixed the Master Chief collection. It's still broken as fog. Uh, yeah. Allie, do you have are there any thoughts you had on the year in gaming? Or last thoughts? Um, I well, I was just thinking, what are some things you guys are looking forward to in 2018? Because there's a lot of things that have mm-hmm. and don't have dates, and I was yep. just looking at a list, thinking, oh well, yeah, I forgot that was, I forgot, you know, X, Y, and Z games were supposedly coming out next year. Are mm-hmm. there things you guys are looking forward to next year? I can start us off. Oh right, 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 right. Uh, Edition um, Days Combat. Edition Days Combat. Another No More Heroes. Another No More Heroes game by Suda51! Uh, yep, that... <laughs> Travis that was... Touchdown's coming back! I love that series. I love that director. Even if he does releases from a toilet. So, uh, Allie, is the, what are some other ones that you're excited about? Um, well, Tristan, I guess, jumped ahead and mentioned the one I was going to mention. <laughs> <laughs> more No uh, More Heroes! Another... Also, Bayonetta 3! Yep, um, and another <laughs> one I was uh, looking forward to was Code Vein, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. Which I guess you could describe it as kind of anime Bloodborne Dark Souls. Yeah. It just, it looks really cool. I like that aesthetic. Uh, from Software at the but yeah, Video Bayon, Game Awards. Bayo 1 and 2 are coming out in February for the Switch. I don't think Bayo 3 has a def- has an actual date in 2013. I mean, 2018. Wow. <laughs> I can tell what year it is. They just have... No, it's okay. We all wish it was 2013 and Barack Obama was still president. We wish it was 2018, but so far there's no word on what year it's actually releasing. Also, supposedly right. Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out. but Supposedly. You know, Kingdom Hearts 3 will finally come out after I die. <laughs> yeah. You mean after uh, after we finally get Half-Life 2 Episode 2? Yeah. Episode 3? That, that's how I feel about that's how I feel about Berserk, is that I will die of old age and Griffith will not have gotten his yet, and the story will not be finished. God damn it! I'm excited for um, Nino Kuni two. Oh my god! Yes, um, that game comes out in like three weeks. I'm so excited. The Norse take on God of War. Oh yeah, mm. that looks really remember- cool. The new never, Red Dead I'm really excited for. Oh, I love new the first Red, Red Dead. Dead. I've never really been a huge fan of God of War, I'll be honest. I've been, I'm a huge fan. Well, the problem I have with God point, of War, yeah. the problem I've had with God of War is that it's a little too over the top, but it's also a little too simplistic of an action game yeah. for someone who's played, like, Platinum Games and the Devil May Cry series. Yeah, see, I enjoyed that, but I can totally understand why you wouldn't like that. So, I'm intrigued about the Norse God of War stuff simply because... Um, Who else is he left? Is he gonna have to fight? No, Jesus. No. What What I find it interesting about it is is that like so the original God. I've I've only like seen God of War played, and so also like, but I know like the lore and all, and like the first God of War actually had really interesting, and cool lore and a cool ending. Oh yeah. And then it seemed to kind of go off the rails. Yeah. And Kratos also, and all the games seem kind of like an asshole. Yeah. And the Norse one, he seems like a good dude. Like, which is an interesting take on the God of War series, where like, okay, Dad Kratos, he's just yeah, okay. Where it's just well, like not so, the wor- not the worst. So, fun human. fact, fun fact about new Kratos mm-hmm. is he's voiced by Christopher Judge, 
uh, if you aren't familiar with Christopher Judge, not. Uh, he is the actor who plays Teal'c in Stargate. Oh, wow. So what you're saying is your parents are going to play the Norse God of War. Probably. <laughs> they, are, they are suckers for Stargate. But I was watching the, Dawn of, the, the new God of War trailer, I'm like, I know that voice. Where do I know that voice from? And I looked up, I'm like, oh my god, it's Christopher Judge! <laughs> That's great. Um, I'm interested in yeah. Sea of Thieves finally comes out. Right? Which is the new rare, like, pirate game. Let's yeah, see how much of the old yeah. rare is left in them. And I, and by the way, I'm not just, like, storing these from my memory. I'm looking literally looking at a list on Wikipedia here. Yep. Oh, of course. And then fi- uh, two final things. A Way Out I'm interested in seeing, mm. which is the Prison Break, the co-op Prison Break oh, game. Oh, right. Mm, I forgot about that. Um, <clears throat> which looks really cool, but I hope it is. Um, and then finally, I'm just looking forward to playing some of the games from 2017, and specifically, I'm looking forward to focusing more on the shorter, maybe more impactful indie titles. Because I feel mm-hmm. like, like even in our best of, and we had some calls like Night in the Woods, I feel like there was a lot of gems in there mm-hmm. that yeah. we didn't play. Like, I would love to come here talking about What Remains of Edith Finch and Hollow Knight, which I hear is amazing. Night in the Woods, Dead Cells. Like, there's so many of these mm-hmm. like smaller There's, there's a lot of really good indies. I really need to, I think... Resolution 2018 is to play more. Play titles. more independent games. Yeah. Yep. I'm also looking forward to whatever From Software puts out this year. Holy well, crap! They, yeah. Well, because they so during the during the Game Awards earlier this year they had a what like 15 second teaser that didn't actually reveal what the title of the game is, mm-hmm. and it's in true From Software fashion, fashion uh, highly cryptic. And it could, in my opinion, it could be one of two things. It could either be a Eastern-focused Bloodborne Two, which, uh... which would be really cool. Like, think about think about like Lovecraftian mythos applied to like Shinto mythology. That would be really freaking cool, and there's a lot of potential there. I hate or, to burst your it, bubble, but that Tenchu quote at the end, is, though. Exactly. That's what's that's going on. More oh, okay. likely, it is a new Tenchu game, which is also a good thing I am looking forward to. Cool. But I really want to, like, if Easter What's the over under on us getting a new Bloodborne. Elder Scrolls game that's not a release of Skyrim? percent. <laughs> uh, Skyrim will be on the new iPhone next year. Oh, God. <laughs> Almost oh, and certainly. Don- and uh, Donut County. Sorry, quick shout out, shout out to Donut County. That looks like a really cute, fun, little weird game. Where... Oh, oh, wait, wait. Oh, sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you, Allie. Oh, no. I was going to say, do you know what it is, Barra? Oh, no, I was just saying that there is another game thing besides Halo that I am lo- I, looking forward to, and this is genuinely looking forward to as opposed to a feeling of dread that I have about Halo 6, <laughs> which is that um, I am genuinely looking forward to the new Far Cry. Far Cry oh, 5. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I want to I want it, to. Yeah, it's going to be the... Theme into, exactly. Yeah, it's going to be the Ubisoft iteration of taking America back from the... <clears throat> Neo-Nazis. Exactly. <laughs> I'm looking up a video right now of Donut County Alley, and it looks like reverse Katamari Damacy. Oh. You, your character is literally a hole, and you suck things into the hole, and it's great. And it gets bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it gets bigger. <laughs> it's reverse it, it's, Katamari. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. We're oh, in, my God. It's It just looks really goofy and weird and like a good, good fun little thing. I need... Buddy. I am. Can I just say I'm really sad that we got a new Katamari game this year, 
as a goddamn endless runner. Uh, Mo- that came out last year. Bullshit. Did it? Yeah, the mobile game that came out last year because I oh. remember playing it a lot last summer when I was in Salem. Oh. Never mind then. Forget about everything I said. Cool. I'm just sitting over here. My fucking hiccups are back. I thought I got rid of them. Well, Dan, do, you want, do we want to call this podcast, then travel you know, back in time to talk about just, Star Wars? I, I will yeah. say, I think we just um, we just hit the new record. We're over three hours on this one. Yeah! yeah, yeah Woo! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My well, then we'll, take out, anymore. we'll take out like my, my hour-long rant on yeah. game on yeah. loop. Oh no, no, Dan's gonna turn this into solid flipping gold. But yes, but we record thank you achieved. for joining us for another year. Hopefully, you have wonderful resolutions uh, going into 2018, and hopefully, you have a chance to play a lot of the amazing games next year and a lot of the amazing games we talked about today. Yeah. Um, for three-headed, uh, you can check us out at threeheadedboy.com. Our podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher as well as right on our website, threeheadedboy.com. Yep. Do it. We've got the YouTube channel now that Vidme is dead. <laughs> Vidme's dead, so our YouTube.com slash threeheadedboy is where you watch. Please subscribe. Please watch our stuff. Please, please watch our stuff. I'm the one in charge of it. Please watch our stuff. Um, please. Allie, anything you want to promote? Uh, hug dogs. Um, Hug dogs. Tell your family that you love them if you love them. If you don't love your family, that's okay too. Some people got shit families. Yep. Um, don't <laughs> don't make space in your life for shitty people. You got shitty people yep. in your life? Kick them out. And be good to yourself. This year was a hard one. I thought, uh, I saw a thing about this earlier, but fuck, Mary kill. Edgeworth, Phoenix, and Clavier. Oh, God. Uh, which one's Clavier? So, okay, so unfortunately, it would have to be Mary Edgeworth because he's actually, uh, because he's, like, actually good and at his job and earns money. Uh, it'd have to be fuck Clavier because he's, you know, European, hey. Am I right? Am I right? Uh, and it have to be that leaves Phoenix to kill. 
That's okay, because Maya can bring him back. Uh, she would. Yeah, she could just channel Phoenix as much as we need. But why wouldn't you just sleep with Phoenix, though? Phoenix Actually, is, no. No, Phoenix wait a second. Is kind of a dummy. Actually, no. Here is it. You marry, you marry Phoenix because Phoenix will never abandon you and will always love you and be loyal to you forever. You kill Edgeworth because that man has been too much of a thorn in your side. But he's successful. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. I mean, yeah, no. Just, you, you murder him. He violated you. And then whoever this dude is, you uh, you give him a roll in the, roll in the hay. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you for this material. This will go up the back, the back end of the podcast. After the Yay. Doesn't matter. All right. So we ready to start? Yes, yep. yes. I'm, I'm good to go. All right. To be fair... To be fair, Barrett has not finished the first Ace Attorney game. Yeah. I don't care how sympathetic it's going to make me like Edgeworth. I still want him to die. Because by the end of the first game, Edgeworth is like totally your bro. Yeah, well, you know what? Some people forgive. That's why you want to marry Phoenix, because he's a forgiving person. Because as your spouse, you will always mess up in some way or another. And you want a spouse who won't hold it against you. But no, I am not that man. Edgeworth has to die. <laughs> <laughs> Miles Edward chooses death, apparently. <laughs> Real fans of the series will get that reference. 